0: Consequence Podcast Network.
1: This episode brought to you by Nick B.
0: Nick B, fun fact, oh, uh, yeah. he sent me sent me one on Facebook. Nice. He said he has never forgotten about Dre.
1: Wow. Oh, I, yeah. And that has been a request that Eminem made in the late 90s. So it's been like yeah. 20 years. <laughs> well, Nick B, what's his name? Dr. Dre will be thrilled Dr. that you, you forgot. haven't forgotten about him. I know.
2: Todd <sighs> forgot. Uh-oh. Wow. I'm
1: so sorry, <laughs> Dr. Dre. Well. It does not. <laughs> I love that album. Chronic? Come on now. This episode also brought to you by...
2: Ori! Ori! Hey, guys. Ori did the greatest thing for me this week. Oh, she yeah. got me an an ergonomic mouse, which is so cool. Not like a squeaky mouse, but like a mouse with, <laughs> for your hand. Because my hand hurt. Because I injured it playing the spoons with such vigor and vim. Yes. Um, and, like, I don't have a brace on it right now, and I'm not screaming because Aww. of this ergonomic mouse that I'm got I'm glad me. it's
1: feeling better. I honestly me thought too, you weren't dude. screaming because we weren't doing an Eli Roth movie. So, I mean. Oh,
2: I mean, I'm look. I'm
1: so excited <laughs> to do a movie. <laughs> I, uh, it was both of those episodes you had a brace on. I mean, I'm not. I know. causation is not correlation or whatever, but mm. still, I think there's something to be said about that. This episode also brought to you by. <laughs> Matt! Orga the Borga. Orga the Borga. You said it like an Italian person <laughs> saying it. <laughs> de All right. Well, let me give you some Swedish fun facts brought to you by Matt. The Swedish company King is behind the app game Candy Crush. It has Ooh. been downloaded almost 500 million times and counting. That's almost one game for every person in the United States and Brazil combined.
2: It's real fun. I mean, yeah
1: Candy Crush
2: And then you realize how much of your life you've lost And you delete it from your phone Yeah That's the Candy Crush cycle
1: That is the Candy Crush cycle It's like,
2: discover it while pooping Hey, this is fun Oh my god, I can't stop taking off work Losing your job, deleting from phone Anyways, thank you, Sweden Yeah, thank you,
1: Sweden, for that awesome game that we all play while we're pooping I know We now return you to another episode of The The Patrionicals
0: All right, all right, all right. This one begins with a big flash of light. What? Uh Uh-oh. And everybody finds
1: themselves on the moon.
2: Mm. Okay, hang on one second. Is this the season two reboot? (laughs) Why do I
1: feel like we're watching Lost and they're actually in purgatory? No, 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 no. A man who looks
0: vaguely human named Karun is standing in front of uh, (gasps) the rest of them. Is he
1: bright blue?
0: He is. He's bright blue.
1: Ooh. Hey Jen Do you want to take a guess As to what HBO show Mikey just recently Started <laughs> watching <laughs> It's so good Oh my god I love it Everyone's
0: been brought To the one place And it's like a like a There's like TV cameras And it's on the moon And it looks like an arena It looks like a giant version Of the Thunderdome And they Show me what you got <laughs> <laughs> And Matthew Isaac Eddie Kate And Tristam The robot Are all there
1: Well because you said Everyone is there So I would assume <laughs> That everyone is there
0: This blue guy Came crew Comes out and says Hey, we're an international space people and your right. whole society is collapsing and it's hilarious. <laughs> and but you guys have been fighting really well, and so we're gonna we brought you guys here because you've all like been really cool to watch and we're gonna like make you fight stuff uh for fun
2: in Moonderdome,
0: <laughs> yeah. And Moonderdome, well, it's, it's also
1: Meredare but yeah,
0: uh, just on the <laughs> so, moon f- and. Tristan tries to shoot him and Kate throws a telepathy rock at, at him.
1: Telepathy rock.
0: He's just Sorry. a hologram and he's like laughing. He's like, I wouldn't actually be there. You guys, that's really dumb. <laughs> but like, we're going to get great ratings. <laughs> Everybody turns to Tristan, who's like, I, "I," and he's like, I won't kill you. We'll, we'll be a lot like I just we need to get back to Earth so I can kill you for the Illuminati.
2: Oh, so they're forming an alliance.
0: They're, they're at least
2: a truce. So this is basically Moon Survivor.
0: Yes. Yeah, this is Moon Survivor. That sounds good. And it looks like there's like an alien base around them. They don't, they're they not really sure, but they're in a big arena. There's not anybody in the stands or anything, but uh, so cre- a giant tentacle creature appears and it looks uh, kind of like Cthulhu Ch- Ch- or whatever. Cthulhu? And, yeah, sure. Yeah. And Tristam... Takes out a sword from his leg and gives it to Matthew because Matthew's like I just want not really want a sword. So then they all start fighting, and Isaac again has super strength because he ate anything. And then uh, Kate's like he th- she throws. Tristam on top of Cthulhu, and he's like shooting him through the head, trying to penetrate him. And Matthew's like doing this, and, and they're, they're all fighting. And Eddie has a bag of guinea pigs that he unleashes on Cthulhu. Of guinea pigs? Yeah. He
1: had guinea pigs on his person when he got teleported to the moon.
0: Yes, he did. You okay. know, like
2: you do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it. So
0: he sends some of them to explore the arena while this is going on.
2: <gasps> Are they his Guineans?
0: Yeah, they're his guineans. <laughs> I'm not that, sure if that's great.
2: quite a Moonderdome moment, but I'll take it. I love uh. it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so finally, Matthew jumps up and Kate uses her telepathy to ram Matthew with his sword through the thing and it dies. And then Isaac eats some of it because he was curious and he's a cannibal. And... Uh, <laughs> So they
1: killed a Cthulhu
0: yeah and then yeah. Karoon's like great job that was great I'll see you next week <laughs> you guys can actually stay here here's some food and then like they throw some food like food like drops out of the sky food and water and then they're like okay you, we'll see you next week or whatever and then uh, they disappear
1: and they're all like really
0: confused and they can't get out
2: say so just chill till the next episode <laughs> oh
1: will our gang be able to escape before they have to fight again if they do have to mm. fight again what monster will they face? Where did Eddie hide the guinea pigs?
3: Find out <laughs> next week on another
1: episode of The, Pat- the Pat- Patrionicals. <laughs> this episode finally brought to you by Chris. Chris. Yeah.
2: Chris just wants everyone to know that you are loved. And that you matter And we hear you Lots of shit's going crazy right now And it's real stressful And bad Or you're having a great time And you have got lots of love to share So yay
1: Yeah and if you have love to share Or would love to receive some love Join the Facebook group
2: Yeah yeah If you're looking If you need to talk Or you need to just share some stuff Like the Facebook group is really great There's a lot to talk about Horror movies But there's also like Hey how's everybody doing today It's a really good support system It really is yeah
1: I I like how Mikey is so not confident In my ability to come up with a laugh line That (laughs) he takes a drink while I start talking
2: he's like oh yeah <laughs>
1: i'm definitely not gonna need to laugh during this <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's normally like 12 okay i mean this is 13 it's a long movie a lot of shit happens anyway it is and well you yeah, we'll, we'll get there well they
0: kind of like they go to place a then they go to place b then they go to place place bay and then they go back to space
1: and that's the movie.
3: And that's the movie. <laughs> 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 that Will well, that work? I
1: did. <laughs> I'm Mikey. And I'm the horror virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, and you guys make me watch them. But this week, you guys made me watch, and it's not a cash grab sequel, but I have to make the joke, Aliens. With a dollar sign. Dollar sign! Yeah. yeah. And the reason I say it's not a cash grab sequel is because this movie is fucking rad. Yeah, this was
0: <laughs> one of my favorite movies growing up. Oh, and yeah. And it's on the list of best sequels ever made.
1: I think it's up yeah. there with T2. I don't think it is as good as T2. And Jen, I know I know, even bringing Nothing it up... Nothing is as good as I know, T2. <laughs> I know, even bringing it up will sometimes <laughs> trigger you. But it is great. This movie is great. So yeah, have you guys seen this movie before?
0: A million times.
2: This might be the first time I've ever sat down and watched it all the way through. Oh,
0: really?
1: Okay. You, like, feel it over the years?
2: I have tried to watch this many times over the years and got stuck after the first 45 minutes when nothing was happening yet.
1: So slow start for you is what you're saying. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now, like, and I will say, I like it it more every time I watch it. And I did really enjoy it. There's a lot, I feel kind of neutral on this movie. Like, there are some big things that bug me and there are some things that I really like. So those kind of cancel out. And so I'm like, yeah. It's fine. I will see
0: say James Cameron does have a bit of a, I won't call it a pacing issue, but all of his movies start with a very slow crescendo. Yeah, man. All of them are very long movies. All of his movies are very long movies. And the first hour is like world building. Yeah. And what's interesting is that we've already had an alien movie, but he decides to world build it a lot bigger. And if you don't love the world he's built, like watching it again would be very boring, I think. like
2: Right. And like the first time I watched it, I think I put it on. And, and you know, I mean, like I've talked about it. Alien is not my favorite franchise, although there are a lot of things I really love about it. But I, I put it on and I was like after like the fifth meeting is like, when are the aliens going to show up? And and I'm not saying it's not interesting at the beginning. It's just so much talking and world building and not stuff happening. And like if I watched it again, I would just start it in the second hour. and then I love. All the stuff that happens at the end because when the action sequences are happening like it was almost so much it was happening that i couldn't keep up with it you know and i just feel like more even and it's so hard for me not to compare this to t2 because i just love that movie but it's also james cameron and i feel like in a lot of ways this was kind of the precursor to t2 like there are a lot of similar themes yeah um and i feel like that's a very well-paced movie and this one just, it it kept losing me. Jen, you, know?
1: you might say that that is a perfect movie.
2: I have many times said that it is a perfect <laughs> movie. And I will say it anytime I have the opportunity. I love T2. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I see the criticism, but I think it's pretty well paced because you have a lot of explaining to do to get Ripley back into Aliens. You can't just be like... And we're off. You know, it takes takes a little bit to get going. And it has a lot of explaining to do. But I think it pays off so well. (laughs)
1: It's like Lucy. And
2: I will give you that. I I think that's me just not being a big sci-fi fan. That a lot of the world building is just not that interesting. Wait, to are you me, saying you know? don't
0: you don't get interested in this story because you haven't been to a space colony that gets that finds <laughs> alien life?
2: And that is what I that is what I said in the first episode, and I think that was really me trying to find a reason for this not being my uh, preferred genre. And I think it's more simple than that. I think it's just like it's just not something that really interests me. If it interests you, that's fantastic, and that's why I think you guys or Mikey you're more interested in this world building, whereas I'm just like. I'm here for aliens. I want to see some aliens. And yeah. It's been an hour, you know. Oh,
0: yeah, I love science fiction, and I love ho- I love horror, and I love monsters, and, and uh, but like the importance of this film cannot be understated because like the space marines concept that this movie like comes up with yeah. is basically emulated from like this point over in all of pop culture, video games, comic books, movies,
1: everything from Starship Troopers to um, Halo ODST. Right, right.
2: Fun fact: This was actually heavily inspired by the novel Starship Troopers.
0: Was it? Well, yeah. yeah. the yeah. Came, the, the novel *Starship Troopers* came out, but the visual style of the movie takes a lot from this. A lot from this movie. Right.
2: I also
1: did not know *Starship Troopers* was a novel. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Is, yeah. <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> no, I, I didn't know until I was your research on this. Okay. But yeah, he made all the Marines read it as part of their training. But yeah, I do think this is an important movie, and there, there's a lot that I do like about it. And I'm going to be fair. Yeah. So the
1: pacing of it didn't really bother me that much because I sort of did like the world building. I really like that he jumped ahead like 57 years. I thought that that was a really cool thing. I was not at all expecting that. So I thought that that was awesome. And it allows you to go back to literally the same planet they were on, but it's completely different. And Uh they can really amp up the stakes because of that. So I really like that a lot.
0: I think they did that for Ripley's sake too, to have her have like no connections because I think it plausibly explains why she would possibly do this because she really has no connection left with humanity. But
2: Todd, I have a question for you. How much of this plot did you know going in? And I say that because I feel like this is one of those movies where I've seen the ending of it 20 more times than I've seen the actual movie.
1: Honestly, all I knew going into this movie was that she was going to get Into one of those like mech suits And Uh fight an alien I didn't realize it was like the mother alien I didn't Mm. realize she used the airlock again I didn't know any of that stuff And the only reason I knew that Is because that high school did a production of this that Sigourney yeah. Weaver commented on. So, like, I, mm-hmm. I had avoided all of it because I don't, I just don't watch horror movies, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I, that's all I knew. And I really, I mean, honestly, this movie was rad. I watched it last night and then I watched it again this morning. <laughs> this movie
0: is not super horror y. There's some horror moments, but it's like pretty sci fi action. in my opinion. I would agree. I I knew Todd would like this movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was rad. I really, really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And, I mean, we should probably just get into it because there's a lot to talk about. So let's get into this fucking movie. All
2: right, we open on space. Something is floating in space, and we realize it's Ripley in her escape pod. Right,
1: believe it or not, it's Ripley.
2: Yeah, she's floating on air. I never (laughs) thought that she'd come so far. (laughs) <laughs> Who's at the door? It's a robot arm. <laughs> Who could it be? <laughs> Believe it or not, it's Ripley. Nailed it! Oh Woo! my God, I love it. That was amazing. <laughs>
0: That these movies from the eighties <laughs> and nineties, humanity isn't as dark as they are in the movies now, because I totally believe that if this movie was made now, these scavengers would have just murdered Ripley and took in her ship.
2: Oh, totally.
1: Oh yeah, in yeah, yeah. the, the Christopher Nolan reboot. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Zombie. Like one scavenger murders the next scavenger and then <laughs> I hate that I'm about to
1: reference Iron Eagle two in as many episodes, oh but like this could easily have been just Iron Eagle Two and, and restarting the whole series. <laughs>
2: Well, have you seen the third one?
1: No, oh my god, does it does she die in the third one? I don't want to talk about the third one. It doesn't exist, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay
2: so ripley is alive hooray but now these guys are pissed because they can't no, salvage they not the not ship. Even pissed. they're like i guess we're not
0: scavenging. it she's alive <laughs> and i was like well i'm glad that some people are still nice people overall yeah all
2: right so now we're on a space station outside earth and she's in a medical bay and paul riser is there and this is when i remembered how dreamy paul riser is because until you spoilers find out he's evil right i mean he's 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 young and hot in this movie and he
1: seems super nice in this scene like he's yeah he does explain what happened and he's like oh my god they haven't told you listen you left in your early 30s but you are now an 88 year old woman or whatever
2: (laughs) (laughs) but you don't look like you've aged today no and honestly she's
1: looking great in her old advanced age yeah Yeah. i mean she still looks good i'll say it (laughs) (laughs)
2: she does dude sigourney weaver is yeah she's amazing he does say at some point he works for the company but don't let that fool you i'm really okay which knowing what was going to happen i was like "Mm, that's a little if you have to say it it,
1: you're probably not okay
2: yeah Was that thing you it was the thing oh i would never that's what i was trying to think oh yeah 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 if
1: someone says i would never they are actively doing that thing yeah Uh (laughs) Uh-huh, to be
2: honest. So everything you just told me you weren't honest about? And honestly, Mm. if if anyone
1: ever says, to be honest, I would never. That's a double red flag. you got to bounce immediately. (laughs)
2: Anyways, but then she starts having chest pains, and Jonesy is not having it. He runs away. Um, And then we see a chest burster, and it comes up under her skin, but it doesn't exactly burst through. And then, whew, she wakes up. It was all a dream. It was all All a dream. dream. And
1: (laughs) I thought that because she woke up, The Paul Reiser revelation of it's like 57 or however many years in the future. I thought that was also a part of the dream. Mm. And it took me a little while to be like, oh, no shit. She actually is like 50 years in the future.
2: Yeah. Now they're going with it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay,
1: cool. So only part of that was a dream.
0: Okay, so the, the next 15 minutes of the film can be summed up by one. She has PTSD, obviously. And two. Clearly, yeah. Lots of bureaucratic company nonsense where they're like, what happened? <laughs> that was really expensive. You're no longer a flight officer. Blah, blah, blah. Right. She's really mm-hmm. upset.
2: Yeah, they don't <laughs> believe her. Yeah, and that is one of the things I really do like is I think it's a pretty accurate depiction of PTSD, you know, in a way that's not like trying to hit you over the head with it. Kind of like in Jaws. It's like, oh yeah, this is how humans react to these traumatic things. Here's you know?
0: what I don't understand about this, this movie. And it, this is what bothers me. Because the company's like, this doesn't sound very plausible But the marines talk like they've met like seven species And like interacted with I them. had
1: that note too Because when the marines get there They're like oh is, this is just another bug hunt So uh-huh. they've done this before right
0: And they also talk about Artanian po <laughs> Or whatever. I'm sorry. What was that? They talk about some made up species vagina.
2: No, I not must in have my missed movie. that.
1: Yeah, I did not. I was not aware that they were talking Is about that
2: in the, the porn director's coming? Ooh. No, 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 no,
0: no. It's when they're at the the table when
1: they're eating with after the knife. Oh,
2: thing. I tuned a lot of that out. <laughs> <laughs> Probably
1: because they were talking about alien vagina. I get it, Jen.
2: But yeah, I mean, they should. This should not be that difficult to believe. And I saw a lot of parallels to kind of stuff that's going on right now. It's like this corporation not really caring about things that don't directly affect them, only caring about their bottom line. So it benefits them to not believe this because they already have this colony set up and they don't want to have to go like take the colony down. Yeah, they literally
1: sent 50 or 60 or 60 or 70 families to this planet.
2: Yeah, But
0: on the face value, they don't believe her, but they actually do believe her and that's why they send the colonists to investigate the spaceship.
2: Is that why they sent the colonists? I thought they were trying to colonize the planet.
0: Well, No, I mean, no, they, they did send the colonists to colonize the planet, but once she tells her story, then they send them... To investigate the spaceship from that colony,
2: yeah, and that's kind of some of the insidiousness that I think I'm talking about is like that. Yeah, you're pretending to have this good motive, but really you're sinister and you're only in it for yourself. And right. there's also this not believing her, which is just like the trope in horror where they don't believe women when clearly there's a bunch of evidence and you've seen stuff like this already. And what reason do you have not to believe her except that she's just a woman? Well, and you okay, don't?
0: in the company's defense. Oh dear god. They find her in an escape pod and there is no evidence that an alien existed. <laughs> but all her That's ship true. her ship is missing and it blew up 50 years ago and and then she's like, "Yeah, we were killed by an alien we picked up on the side of the road."
2: Sure. I mean, I guess they don't necessarily have that evidence except unless you've been on other bug hunts where you know right. creatures could possibly exist this is
0: where yeah. i think they shouldn't have done that it, either have aliens be everywhere and have them believe her or have no aliens and then be like oh well we we because it, it almost insinuated we've colonized 300 planets and we've never had anything like that happen which i was like they've never met an alien or they've never lost a sh- had like a, that hostile of a species they met like it right. didn't get specific enough i
1: think it was more of the latter so for me it made sense to that the marines had to go and like annihilate alien like species, but not intelligent life, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. They had to go clear out, like, what would be the equivalent of, like, lions or whatever, right? Yeah. And this would mm-hmm. be truly the first time they met an intelligent race, which is why I think when Ripley wakes up and tells them about the spaceship on the on the planet, that's when Paul Reiser tells the colonists to go check out the spaceship.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Early on
1: in this movie, there are, like, some time jumps, right? Because... Yeah. After the meeting where they tell her that they sent 50 or 60 families, it then shows her in her, like, apartment. And that's probably a few months because Paul Reiser right. mentions that, you know, she, she's she been working as a loader on some yeah. space bay or whatever. and
2: She's got short hair now. Yeah,
1: yeah, so we can tell it's been, like, months or maybe weeks, but it's been a while since she got back and had that meeting.
2: I think there are a lot of complicated reasons. Like, yes, there's not a whole lot of evidence, but I think mainly they don't believe her because it's inconvenient for them to believe her, which is a reason that a lot of people don't believe women when they say things are happening. Like, that right. what's at stake makes it more valuable to just pretend that she's crazy. Right. You know, which is just another way of gaslighting, you know? So, for me,
1: I think they believe her. I also think they're gaslighting her because... They right. send the colonists to go see the spaceship and, ex- and yeah. explore it. So they believe her, they just don't want her to know they believe her, which is where the gaslighting right. comes in. Right, and right. I think that's exactly. Bullshit, and so when I yeah. say
2: like believe, what I I think what I really mean is believe and do something about it. You know, believe and take it seriously. They're not yeah. good
0: people. They're like, "Let's sacrifice that colony so we can find out what this species is like." Right?
2: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's there's a very like corporation capitalist kind of undercurrent oh. to, to to this entire franchise.
1: Yeah, this movie does very much talk about the negative effects of late stage capitalism. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And I, that's one of the things that I like about it. Me what, I mean, I think there's a lot of themes you can really dig into in this movie. Yeah. Some of them that work and some of them that don't for me, but that's one of them that works. Yeah. Um, all right. But in
1: that scene where Ripley is talking to Paul Reiser and Gorman, the lieutenant, they're like trying to talk her into going with them just as a consultant.
0: In the time right. jump, they're like, we've lost contact with that colony.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. And now they're going to yeah. send
1: a spaceship out to go investigate or space Marines, as we know. Right. So they're trying yeah. to get her to go in a consultant capacity. Right,
2: you know what I stood out to me in that scene. I just wrote in my notes, Ask your goddamn cigarette, Ripley. Did you see how long that yes. mash was in the yeah. beginning? <laughs> it was like she started smoking at the end of the meeting from the previous <laughs> scene and has just been smoking that cigarette until Ball Riser months showed up. It's
0: the future cigarettes, they can smoke it
2: them <laughs> for months. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I like
1: that though, because it just showed her like lost in thought, and that I think that it did, yeah, is, yeah. again, like sort of. In a subtle way, showing the PTSD that she's dealing with.
2: I think so, too. Yeah, and it's like showing it without naming it, which I really like. Yeah. Because then I feel I feel like it's really authentic. But, yeah, they want her to go out. Um,
0: we can guarantee your safety. We want you as a consultant. Blah, 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 blah.
2: Exactly. Which is just like saying honestly, because you can't ever guarantee <laughs> anybody's safety. I was like, okay. Uh, mm. You could
0: have guaranteed her safety if she stayed on the ship.
1: Yep. Jen, I would never put you in danger. that's what gorman says exactly Uh, Mm -hmm. never believe anybody
2: exactly yeah (laughs) we're all fucked guys but they're also saying i can get you reinstated as a pilot or a pilot advisor or an officer i can't remember exactly what her job was it's like a flight officer yeah yeah Yeah.
0: what she was doing in the first movie like she would really want to go back to doing that
2: Right, because polarizer is very, like, <laughs> he's giving her some loader shade, too. It's like, yeah. yeah, and it's also the only thing you could get. <laughs> yeah. And then he gives her this really cool business card, and I want business cards like that. You mean where you can just stick
1: it in your phone and it automatically calls that person? And then to yes. hang up, you yank it out? Like- <laughs> I know, it's
2: so cool.
0: And you see, in the future, spam calls got so bad that you can't actually talk to someone else's phone unless they give you a card you put into your phone that allows you to access their phone. I really
2: oh, yeah? like this
1: idea a lot.
2: So, but she wakes up from another bad dream and this is when we find out how the uh the card works and it's just fascinating
1: because she calls paul riser yeah
2: she does in the middle of the night and this is another time i was like "Ooh, dreamy
1: uh, yes he is shirtless he, <laughs> he
3: is,
0: is shirtless, shirtless yeah and he doesn't seem to be alone in his room somebody's in that room with him because he's like
1: looking around i mean young paul riser he was definitely pulling some for sure
2: i feel like there's a uh, a point in this movie where he has a sweater tied around his neck and I was into it.
0: Okay, but he's like an <laughs> er- he, but he's like an Earth seven, but like space station nine.
2: Oh yeah, yeah exactly, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that business card added a full point. <laughs> <'Cause> it's see through. <laughs> Yeah, It's so cool. You realize you can get see-through
1: business cards, Jen, right?
2: What? Hang on, guys. Okay, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> but so she's calling to ask him, not are you alone, but you're um, <laughs> going out there to destroy them, not to study them or bring them back. And he says, oh, no, sure. I would never do I that. I would That's never evil. study them. No. You have exactly.
0: my word. Like, yeah, I don't have mm.
2: sinister motivations at all. And then he like pushes the xenomorph queen like out of the back. Uh, <laughs> A video
1: caption yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's who was in the room with him, Mikey.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Where do you think she got those eggs fertilized, Ooh.
2: dude? Okay, now I'm envisioning a Paul Reiser Xenomorph Queen hybrid species.
1: It looks like a Xenomorph, but it has a sweater tied <laughs> a around. Sweater it.
2: tied around, it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny, but in kind of an unassuming way, you know.
1: Now I'm just thinking every Mad About You episode, but instead of Helen Hunt, it's a Xenomorph, <laughs> it's a xenomorph Queen. Xenomorph. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, she has good hair, though. So we could put, like... Absolutely. <laughs> My Mikey's clearly you. never Deep seen cut.
1: Mad About You. <laughs> I just don't Tell it. Tell me
2: why you don't want to talk about this show. I just don't like <laughs> 90s sitcoms
0: as much as you two.
2: <laughs> all right, so now we're on another ship. And I noticed... I'm going to post a lot of links about stuff because there's so much to say about this movie and we're not going to have time to get into yeah. all of it. But there was one talking about how the ship looks very much like a gun. You know, just how it's shaped. <laughs> it sort of does. Yeah, you're right. I
1: didn't think about that, but you're right.
2: Which I think is kind of representative of this movie. Like, the tagline for this movie is, this time it's war, which I think fits really well. Yeah. And I think that's kind of leaning into it. Um, and there's a lot more to say about that In later. In
1: space, you can fly a gun.
2: Exactly. Oh, All right, so now we have a bunch of people in their stasis pods and the computer waking them up.
1: Can I ask a question before we move on from the stasis pod thing? Uh Uh-huh. First off, why do you have to be in your underwear to be in a stasis pod?
2: I was wondering about that. That
1: doesn't make any sense at all. And as they start to wake up, you see the captain in his underwear before he gets out of his stasis pod, put a cigar in his mouth. Yep. Where was that cigar? That's a he's a sergeant. He's not the captain. Sorry, excuse me. I think you're focusing on the wrong part of the question, Mikey. <laughs> also,
2: why can't they have blankets? It, I, yeah, it made me cold to watch uh, that. Yeah.
0: So his character, this sergeant character puts the cigar and starts yelling at everybody has been emulated so many times I know. on you're right. so many platforms. Yes. And which is so bizarre to me because it he doesn't have a big part
2: in this movie. He doesn't. No, he apparently actually was in the military, too, and he says that's part of, like, how he thinks he got cast. Yeah, it reminded me of a lot of things I've seen after this, but also a little bit of Apocalypse Now, too. Although he's kind of, like, a, a nicer captain. I liked him. Yeah, I liked him, too.
1: I just, it really concerns me where he had that cigar.
2: Also, like, how do you establish credibility in your underwear? you know like
1: authority (laughs) uh jen we don't have time but there are
2: ways (laughs) (laughs) mikey
1: i would go to that seminar if you're putting one on
2: to say hey, Captain. Is that a cigar in your underwear, <laughs> or did you just wake up from stasis? <laughs> <laughs> you think when they hook up, they call it a stasis cation, a stage cage, yeah, stage cation? <laughs> yes, can't say it, so it doesn't work out. That's the nerd. Also, yeah. the science
0: right. of me is like, okay, so they go to sleep to travel and they're not traveling faster than light, so it's probably taking years to travel.
1: It was 17 it does- days, it was 17 yeah. days. Yeah. They, they talk about that actually. like How long would it take a rescue crew to get here? Oh, yeah. The answer Mm -hmm. was 17 days. And that was from the time they're overdue. So I do think they have achieved faster than light travel because they're able to get there so fast. That makes sense. But, Mikey, they don't address it. Your questioning of it is fair. I, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that based upon, right. like, dialogue.
2: 17 days. Like, I think I could do that. Like, how many shows could you binge watch? I don't know
1: if you saw what the conditions were, Jen. They didn't have, like, Netflix and Shudder. Like, they
2: they do in the director's cut, Todd, okay? They just cut those <laughs> scenes out. <laughs>
0: oh, they man. were just
2: binge watching Mad About You.
0: <laughs> Jen, did you not forget from the first film that in the Aliens universe, they can have faster than light travel, but all the computers are just the green light? Exactly. The printers, yeah. the printers print out. And you have to tear the paper off the sides. Yeah.
2: <laughs> is what it sounds. Like. <laughs> all right. So they're all eating and talking about getting laid, and there's a lot of really dated kind of conversation here. Well,
0: it's but it's about an alien species. This is that. This is that conversation. Yeah. Because they're talking about he he hooked up with one, and they're like, yeah, well, that was the male of the
1: species or whatever.
2: Yeah. I missed
1: all of that. All I remember from this scene is the the knife, the stuff. knife stuff. Yeah. Because
2: yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. And I mean, I think one of the things things that i don't love about this movie is like kind of how one note all of the marines are and some of them say some pretty problematic stuff but i give it a pass because it's 8 like it's very 80 it was 86
1: yeah
0: if you're going to hang around with a bunch of grunts self proclaimed grunts they're going to talk you know gallows humor is real and yeah it's it's all it's all there and like you know they joke around because their jobs are terrible
1: i also hate bill paxton's character in this movie half oh of the God. time i see him because yes. how
0: can you hate bill paxton's character just, in this? just half
1: of the time because half of the time he's a badass marine who's like throwing shit down the yes, other yes. half he is a whiny baby child who's like game over man game yeah. over, which i thought was hilarious but it gets annoying real quick
2: it does. It
1: felt like he was playing two different characters to me.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, Jen, you heard it here. Todd hates when men be vulnerable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, <Yeah>. hey. <laughs> That's not what it was, you. Well, that because there's
2: also, was. there's very, like, a lot of, like, alpha male with him. You know, like, he's given Vasquez a lot of shit, you know, and he mm-hmm. yeah. just kind of is r- unlikable in a lot of the stuff he says. Or he's whining. But then I think he kind of has a turn later in the movie. First
0: off, no one can give Vasquez shit. She is unshittable.
2: Well, I mean, she can give it back, but they're still giving her oh, shit. Yeah. I
1: mean, Bill Paxton does like, have you been mistaken for a man? And she does uh, not at all look at all like a man. And then her comeback, right. the whole uh no have you is a great comeback i really liked her right and you can just tell that
0: they love her a lot more than him i'm just saying the whole squad right yeah
2: Yeah, and i think it's interesting like i just think there you can kind of see divisions in the squad and like they all work together mostly well but i mean you can see like these kids are friends and these guys are not friends you know and so but i do agree
0: at at the end of the day they're like brothers in arms or whatever brothers and sisters in arms i think it did a pretty decent job capturing a realistic kind of military bond or whatever. Exactly.
2: And so the vibe of the Marines is not what bothers me. Like, I like that and I do think you're right. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty realistic. It's some of the specific things that they say that bug me and I think it's just because it's dated, you know. But did you guys recognize the actress who plays Vasquez? Uh, I did not, no. Her name is Jeanette Goldstein and she... She was
0: the mom in Terminator 2, right? She's the
2: stepmom in Terminator 2. Yeah, I didn't... I know, dude, yeah. Uh, I had no idea. They called her a chameleon actress and I was like holy shit but I do want to point this out because I don't want to let it go by but this is a case of brown face because she is not a Hispanic actress and she is playing a Hispanic part yeah yeah interesting and it's I don't know it's not like super egregious because I do think like I like seeing a Hispanic character when there's really no reason for one, so there's representation there. But either cast a Hispanic actress, or Jeanette Goldstein is Jewish, so they could have made that character Jewish too. So,
1: I, and also like this is way before people started having those types of conversations. Exactly. And which, yeah, yeah. Which I think is not great. Like we could have been having them back then, and we just weren't. But I think yeah. it's great we're having them now.
2: I think so too. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not like I understand, and I am kind of giving it some grace for being an 80s movie. I just wanted to point it out because this isn't in. Instance of that. Yeah. And I don't hmm. think if it was made today, I don't think it would happen. All right. So let's talk about this cool knife thing. Also the fact that I love Lance Hendricks in this movie.
1: Okay. So who is that?
2: Bishop, the android.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He's yeah, awesome. Yeah. He is great. Yeah. I liked him a lot. But anyways, he's doing this cool knife thing with Bill Paxton's hand. Yeah. And it's like the knife thing in the middle of the fingers and he goes really, really, really fast. And I love um, Bill Paxton's face during the scene. <laughs> ah,
1: ah, ah. His voice <laughs> yeah. is so annoying in these parts.
2: Oh, my God. If I didn't love Bill Paxton from other movies, I, I, I would not be able to stand him in this I mean,
0: he plays a really good, most disliked Marine of the Troop. I mean, because well, yeah. they, they held him down and held his hand down. So Bish just did this to them. And everyone else is just cracking up because you can just tell they're like, he's the one that doesn't quite fit in. And they like give him all the shit. He's the one who's still
1: getting hazed. Right. right. Yeah,
2: yeah, Yeah. Well, and apparently they, I don't know if I'm going to tell this right, but I don't think he knew that his hand was going to be involved in that scene until it was time. Um, because originally it wasn't supposed to be in his hand, and I don't know why they put it in there. And uh, probably I because made... they hated him. <laughs> <laughs> I do really. I love him and other stuff. Me though. too.
1: And Ripley
0: freaks out because she's like, "Get that fucking android away from me!" Blah blah blah.
2: Yeah, right. Which
1: understandable. I agree. After what happened to her in the first movie, I get it. But Paul Reiser's like, right. "Oh my god, I didn't even think about this." We always right. send a synthetic human on these missions. That's like a normal right. thing. Sorry, I should have warned you because of what happened.
2: Right. But I prefer artificial persons. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. So, <laughs> Which yeah. I really loved. <laughs> Me too. And, and I
0: think I actually like Bishop because he's like, oh, what model was that? Yeah, there was some troubles with that yeah, model. Yeah, they were a yeah. bit buggy. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. Sometimes they turn out to be evil. Wait, did you have it set on evil? That's oh, the problem. Because
0: the Bukaki Bots 2.0, they don't go
1: evil. Oh, God. <laughs> oh god I forgot about that I forgot about BugakiBot. um uh,
2: <laughs> I want to go ahead
1: and apologize to my mother and family
2: I, for I things just that gonna, I may or may
1: not have said on the alien episode
2: <laughs> look I mean a lot of shit happened on that episode okay
0: I just remembered it and I was like BugakiBot 2.0 now with less evil yeah
2: I'm happy to say I've forgotten what that meant since our last Ooh, episode. Jen. I'm just going to stay Jen, living Google in that it. place. Jen, no, gonna, you got to Google no, it. I'm going to text Bukani. you real quick. No, uh, oh, my God. I'm going to have to burn my phone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, oh, wow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Okay.
0: The movie does a good job throughout the film playing on the fact
1: that we don't quite know if he's good or evil uh-huh. until the very end. They do a good yeah. job of not foreshadowing his revelation Mm -hmm. of good, right?
2: Right. Yeah. yeah, and when I say, like, I want more Bishop, like, I understand why they did that, because he's absent from the story for a long time, so we don't know what he's doing. I just really like him, and I want... Me too. Oh, more. yeah, I thought, I thought I it was a I want Bishop character. spinoff. <laughs> but they also, the rest of the crew does not like this Lieutenant Gorman.
0: He's brand new. He doesn't sit with them, and they can tell he's he's brand new to the ship, brand new to their unit. Yeah. and uh, Hasn't really they, they proved they himself in battle
2: them. yet. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's kind of very wet behind the ears. And so now they're having their, like, this is what we're doing meeting. And I, I love these kinds of meetings. What is it? The, it's called uh, a
0: briefing. briefing. It's a briefing. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, welcome
0: to the 8 a.m. This is what we're doing yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah I said my therapist says in one of our briefings the other day and I was like oh I'm at work oh that's right I
1: was like Jen that's what we call in the business an overshare.
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> but, you but know. listen
1: there's no shame in going to therapy go to therapy it's oh exactly yeah, yeah. yeah
2: okay so another thing that I'm gonna link is an article about how this is kind of inspired by the Vietnam War because I think there are a lot of elements in this because he's they're trying to give them information about the xenomorphs like this is what they do this is how you kill them they're their blood is corrosive they don't it's not that they don't believe ripley it's that they're not interested they're like fuck just tell me what to shoot yeah
1: tell me where to shoot yeah
2: exactly they even interrupt him when they're trying to give information and i think this is kind of they have the firepower they have the the superior firepower they should logically be able to win this war but because they don't take the time to understand the enemy the enemy is able to subvert them and like Take out most of them And I think that's something We can see in the Vietnam War
0: I actually like that Because Ripley Loses her shit on them For not taking it seriously Yeah Yeah. And it it, it does get them To pay attention And then they start Respecting Ripley From this point forward Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah they still don't Quite believe her though But yeah
0: I don't think they Believe her believe her But they respect her Because she stands up For herself
2: Right yeah Well and like The premise of the Entire first movie Is if they had Believed Ripley And put that guy In quarantine They would have been saved Yep So Ripley Mm -hmm. like is like, well, fuck, I'm not going to let this happen again, you
1: know? Right. She literally says in this scene, listen, one of these things, just one of them killed my entire crew in under 24 hours. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, okay. okay. Right, like, exactly. We're not, we're not fucking around with, like, roaches. Like, these are smart things that will kill you. And she,
0: and she doesn't say yeah. it
1: like, hey, please no, listen. No, she's, what like, yelling at them, yeah. It's ah, great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a substitute teacher who knows that they're not going to have to be there in a week, and they can just go ham, Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, this is one of the moments that I do really like Ripley a lot. Um, And I think she's like learned from mistakes of the past movie in a lot of ways, too.
1: Yeah. And I wouldn't buy her being sort of a submissive, quiet person at this point in her life after what she's been through. Exactly, yeah. Especially Mm. in these circumstances, absolutely not. Right, and I think
2: if she had, that's probably similar to what her life was back on the station before she got involved with this. But now I think when there's like a challenge, she's like, I know what this is and I want to protect all of you guys and protect myself. And this is the right thing to do. We're not fucking
1: around out here, guys. (laughs) Exactly, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is serious shit. But she's also wandering around, she's saying, I feel like a fifth wheel, because um, we've got this scene of where they're, like, loading weapons into ships and stuff. Like, it's and the dropship. Can... ship. Yeah,
1: they're, like, loading yeah, up yeah. the drop ship, and she walks up to Gorman and the, the sergeant and who's been ripped off by Halo. Yeah. What's his name?
2: Apon or Apon.
1: Yeah, a pone. Yeah, that's right. A pone. It's a pone. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, she's asking, Hey, I'm not really, I'm here. I may as well be helpful. She's right. like, What can I do? And then a like, I don't know. What can you do? Which I thought was interesting Yeah yeah So I thought that there was Some of that in there And she's like well actually Uh I'm certified to walk A mech warrior suit around And they're like "All right, cool Go ahead and strap in And help out And she does yeah
2: She does And I wrote in my notes This is loader porn Because it's very
1: (laughs) It's honestly It's loader shadowing Is what it is It is Hey and I'm into it It is really cool me too I love these suits Yeah I do too And And I, I do think These marines Are not
0: expecting Anyone to help them It's usually them Taking care like they're like we're grunts. We take care of this. Yeah,
1: they're the ones that are ordered to do stuff. They're not right. used to someone who's helping them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I, we didn't
0: talk to about this, but Paul Reiser was like one of the ways he got her out there was like you should like deal with your demons and come out here and like face your fears or whatever. Like
2: fuck you, Paul Reiser. Right. I thought it was
0: like a pretty much of a dick move, but I, I don't think he should have said it outright. But it is like kind of a good metaphor of her like facing the things that have like destroyed her
1: life.
2: It kind of is, yeah, and like kind of taking
1: taking control of your way. life
2: back maybe uh-huh i don't know yeah. how i feel
1: about it even having said that i'm not sure if i really love that metaphor but
2: right i think the reason it doesn't bother me the in the way that halloween 2018 does is that they ask her to do this to help other people. It's not like yes. she's just waiting around for a threat to happen again, you know? Yeah, and I mean, and that's, I think, kind of like, I don't know if they meant to show kind of a PTSD thing, but I think they do it very well here just because they're showing mm-hmm. how a real person would react to this, you Yeah, know? But yeah, and and it, but it, this is a little, it feels very um, male gaze Like, really the only time in this movie where I feel a male gaze is really? when she's in this loader. Yeah, yeah, it just, I don't know.
1: I also don't think that you are wrong about the male gazy part of it, but I, I the only part I think you're wrong about that is I think every time she gets into the stasis pod, that's male gaze. I think there's male gaze with Vasquez too. So like I feel like there is some male gaze going on in other parts of the movie. I don't I don't think that you're wrong about this time. I just feel like there's more than just this time.
2: And I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel it as much as the first one because I do feel like that scene in her underwear at the in the first movie is like a really kind of exploitative scene. Yeah. And I think when I look at the way women are presented in this movie, it's not necessarily going down by gender lines. I think there are gender stereotypes here. Vasquez and the other female Marine that, whose name I don't know, I feel like they fall in under the masculine category and Ripley is the feminine category. And like, I guess that's how they are identified in this movie is Either masculine or feminine. So it's not necessarily man and woman, it's masculine and feminine. And that's kind of where I see that male gaze is that Ripley is seen as a feminine person and not really expected to take on these roles, but Vasquez is seen as a masculine person. And so she's just one of the guys, you know, there's a lot of one of the guys kind of thing with Vasquez because she doesn't really have any feminine qualities throughout the movie. If it were a man saying this alien attacked my whole crew, I think they probably would have believed her more, you know, or they would have asked a man to help out or something. And they
1: wouldn't have been like, well, I mean, if a woman survived, how bad could it be?
2: Exactly, yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. <laughs> the only way I disagree with you, Jen, is I think they do sort of sexualize Vasquez. Some, in fact, there's one scene where she says "fuck you" to one of the guys, and he goes anywhere, any place. Mm, so I, yeah. I do think that there is some sexualization of Vasquez. I do think it's less than uh, Ripley, but I do think they sexualize her too. And I think it's yeah. the guy who I hate the most in this movie, and he's the- Boggs. Oh, that's right. He's Boggs from Shawshank Redemption. You're right, but he wears a hat like a ball cap in this scene. That has mm-hmm. shit hanging off the front of it. That would drive mm-hmm. me insane. Who would wear charm bracelets off the front of your hat like that?
2: He's just committed to that look. It's you know. So He's dumb. like, I, I want that party in the front and the back.
1: <laughs> Ugh, I was so happy yeah, when he died.
2: He, he did bug me in this movie. But he and Vasquez are like real tight. They're like a little click. You yeah, know? they're
0: best buddies. I don't understand I don't what know. y'all are talking about. They are
1: best buds. They're both the heavy machine gunners. Like I get that. Yeah. yeah.
0: And the other female is the pilot. Like, she's an
1: officer. Yeah, but the female pilot is wildly irresponsible, but we'll talk in a second about that.
2: All right, so now they're rolling out, and they're getting themselves all uh, amped up to go. Bishop is driving. I just called it the space plane and the space car, so you guys probably know But that's accurate. That.
1: Jen, that is accurate. One's a drop that's ship, right. and one's like a like a tank-ish thing, right? But yeah.
2: Bigger Batmobile. Absolutely. <laughs> it is. A, it's <laughs> definitely a lot like
0: a Batmobile, but it's... It,
2: right. And this is when uh, Bill Paxton did kind of bug me, because he's just got all these little cliche phrases, and it's yeah. very try-hard. He's like, we're in a space spaceship got an elevator going to hell man <laughs> ladies and
1: gentlemen joining us is bill paxton from the movie aliens
2: <laughs> here's the thing i don't think any of this
1: was cliche
0: until after this movie like this I movie mean, makes yeah. all this cliche i guess
1: that's fair yeah
2: right but there's always some guy on the bus that's like hey we're going on a field trip man it's gonna be rocking Woo!
1: And
0: B- paxton plays the best person to do this. he really and I does i honestly
1: do buy that the rest of the platoon does not like him very much but because he does shit like like this. So like I <laughs> yeah. get I, I don't hate Bill Paxton's character. He I just find him annoying and I think I'm supposed to, you know. I
2: hey but you yeah, know yeah. he's not above being excited. He's not above living <laughs> every moment. And I mean, there's something I love about that. Yes. So,
1: His name know? is
0: Hudson in this film. Yeah. And then, but I like this film because it, it it shows how all the Marines react to this drop. Because like Hicks yeah. falls asleep because he's like the cool operator. Like he is like the soldier. Soldier. He's just
2: tired from being so so hot.
0: <laughs> right. Like he's the man, He's a man's man. You know what I'm saying? He's Woo. the guy who should be in charge.
2: Yes. Yeah. But we also find out Lieutenant has not had much combat training right now. Man, I hated He's this. He's only
1: done one combat drop.
2: <laughs> Two, including this one. I hated this so
1: much because they, they ask him, how many combat drops have you been on? And he goes... 38 simulated i mean yeah. i've only done one other i've done two including this one in real life yeah
2: like that, that... that's not what we're asking Lieutenant. i know <laughs> i don't care
1: how many simulations that's like saying hey mikey how many people have you had sex with and he's like i don't know a thousand but like only not two, your hands. only two in real life <laughs> yeah sorry i i mean <laughs> both
0: of those numbers are
1: vastly <laughs> underestimated <laughs> but still like i mean i don't give a shit how many simulations you did like uh, right. And right, it's Ripley who
0: asks him because she's kind of nervous, yeah, yeah. And like he's like kind of freaking out, and she's like, but she's less nervous than him. So she's like, "How many drops have you done?" And he well, <laughs> and then Vasquez is like, "Oh shit, we're
1: fucked." Yeah,
0: yeah. It's all of the Marines are like, "Oh, oh my
2: god. god!" Right, and that turns out to be true. Yeah. Now I will say, her last sergeant or whatever his position was was um Tom Scarrett who can get it. Yeah. He's done a lot of drops,
1: and we'll he did say. get it.
2: He was not in
0: the
1: military. (laughs) He was
0: captain of the
3: ship.
2: Doesn't matter for drops.
0: <laughs> the only drops he did were panty drops.
2: Ooh,
1: ooh, Tom Skerritt. Oh,
2: he's so hot. So now they land, and there's a car, and they get out, and they run, and they and <laughs>
0: This movie like revolutionized visual, like the effects, the soundtrack. This movie is like the most well made science fiction action movie of all time. And we're just like Jen's like. Then they land.
2: That's well, because I've seen Terminator 2. And They roll out
1: in a car.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you guys want to talk about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: There's like I
0: crescendoed mean, military music. It's just like basically showing this overwhelming force of them coming down there. Yeah,
1: it does a good job of la- setting the scene. And yeah. they badasses because yeah. they
0: end up killing like a hundred of these aliens yeah. uh, they later are. on. And it's good. Mm-hmm.
2: And I like it. I just, I mean, it's... It's a
0: car.
1: We get it, Jen. <laughs> it's an armored personnel carrier. It is an oh, okay, armored okay, personnel sorry. carrier, but it looks like a car.
2: <laughs> but so they're walking through and they've got these gigantic guns that you have to hold with both hands and like strapped around your waist or something. They actually
1: look like if you know what a steady cam looks like, like a, a professional steady cam, it oh, looks yeah? exactly like one of those things. You have it wrapped <laughs> around your torso and then mm-hmm. it, it sits on like a pivot arm. I thought that that was actually very cool. It looks like they literally took a steady cam and just put a big machine gun on it. It was very cool. It's they duct taped so, uh, it. Yeah. Mm. I thought it was cool, Mikey. Did you not think it was cool? I'm sick of you talking <laughs> bad about this movie, Mikey.
2: I know, Mikey. <laughs> Jeez, this is a good movie, I hate okay? You guys. <laughs> 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 oh, all right. Um, But so they're not seeing any signs of life.
1: Right. So
0: here's where I got confused. Why did Ripley go down on the planet if she's like the advisor? No idea.
1: But, but so did Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser goes down, too. Yeah. Well,
0: I know why he went down, because he's a greedy little fuck. But he has motivation.
1: Everyone yeah. left the spaceship that is in orbit. That right.
0: cannot be standard operating procedure.
1: No, it cannot. <laughs> it seemed insane to me. Yeah, it seemed very risky well, yeah, to me. Well, yeah, because there's... When
2: it turns out to be super risky. Exactly, and almost yeah. killed them, yeah. So they go outside.
0: They find uh, signs of a huge battle in this huge colony. And then, yes. they, th- then in operations in the med room, they find out they barricaded a section of the colony and, like, welded everything shut and there's like explosions and acid everywhere and they're talking about how hey ripley they must have killed one of your aliens because there's acid goes all the way through the floor and they're looking yeah. up and the marines are respecting ripley at this point but i don't know why ripley's in there
1: ripley's not in there yet they're because they're clearing the
0: area they are. Ripley's in. Oh, but after they clear it, after they clear it this is what happened i yeah. mean
2: right right yeah. Well, but they but they immediately clear it. And Ripley's like, is it secure yet? What the fuck? No, it's not at all safe. Yeah. yeah, but she still goes in. Like once they're on the uh the ship, they walk in and there's like the glass like with the liquid and the face huggers in it, and it looks like they're all dead, and then Paul Riser goes over and I guess the face hugger senses the evil in him and like mm-hmm. jump scares yeah. him. And that's the first like scare. Scary thing that's really happened in the movie, other than really like is. there's yeah. that moment at the beginning where we think the chest burster is going to come out of Ripley,
0: but the tension is ramping up since from, from the moment they land.
2: It, it is. I, I guess what I'm saying is the tension, it just didn't, It the tension building just didn't really work for me. And I think what I wanted here, because I was thinking about Sinister, because there's a lot of instances of Ethan Hawke, like walking around his hallway looking for stuff or thinking he heard something, which is basically what they're doing. They're walking around investigating the ship. But in Sinister, like you see a ghost that Ethan Hawke doesn't see, or you see something scary. So there's something for me to look at. But here I think I'm just following these people not seeing anything super obvious ominous and I'm just like okay how long are we gonna keep looking? Like I wanted, I just wanted a little something more. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying the pacing right here. Like, all right, give me something.
1: <laughs> well, I do feel like they give you something with this little like chest, not chest burst, but the face hugger thing. And then we find out that there's actually two that are still left. Yeah, alive. yeah,
2: and that they're like reading captain's log or something that um, they yeah. tried to take the face hugger off one of the colonizer people and it killed. the killed the person. Yeah, well, they
0: they successfully did take it off, but it did kill the person.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I guess what's your definition of successful there i mean they still have paul riser would say it was successful mm-hmm. you know but i mean that
1: i mean i would say it's successful because it doesn't actually make one of the xenomorph alien things and right that, that that is a success it's unfortunate that, that person died yeah. but that's still a success i mean
2: i would rather just die than like get that thing burst out of Same. It. yeah
1: and, and and you learn that like this colony has been
0: dealing with these aliens for for a, studying them for a while and then something really bad happened yeah it does a lot of world building and like if you're a fan of alien this movie is like your wet dream because there's so much alien world in this in this movie
2: and yeah. i do think it's interesting how they build out the world like they add to like the creature stuff that those is one <laughs> of the things i do really like about it because i think the facehugger concept is really interesting and we don't get very much of that in the first movie And then there's the queen, too. So, yeah, I think they do a good job of expanding the monster world, also. Uh, but so they start to motion sense something and they're pointing a billion guns at whatever it is. And then Ripley looks and there's a little girl down there. I
1: did love that their first like thought was to, instead of look for survivors at this colonist compound, was to shoot at anything that moves, even if it's a little I girl. I know.
2: I was like. Because well, they're there to look for survivors. Are.
1: Like, that is what they're doing.
2: I mean, I
0: would have saw no one there <laughs> in a big battle and have been like, there's aliens here. We should just shoot at anything
1: that moves. I get that you're on on edge, but you might want to get visual confirmation you're not about to murder an eight-year-old right, girl. Right,
2: right. Um, but it, I think that kind of plays <laughs> into the, like, we're just bringing a bunch of guns to this problem rather than, like, trying yeah, it's to It's the
0: military, it. Todd. You can't rescue a colony without killing a few
2: that joke's fucking gold (laughs) but so when they do find um who turns out to be newt um hudson like sticks his face down in there and is gross and weird and she bites his hand i was like good for you yeah and then she starts crawling away into the air vent and ripley goes after her yeah she follows
1: her yeah she finds like a little like compartment where she seems to have been living for a while like
2: yeah surviving it's honestly pretty sad It, it it really is yeah and like we see that she's a second grader because she's got that little picture and like i know my daughter so is just my daughter's in third grade so there was a lot of like i was thinking oh shit what would happen and when they're starting to ask her about her family and she just stops talking about it i just imagine like what this little girl's been through it's really sad yeah. yeah although to be honest i would be fine if she was not a factor in this movie and i probably i've got a lot more thoughts about that later but
1: i definitely understand why she's there
2: i do too and i think like when I look at if this movie is a feminist movie or not, I think it is very feminist for its time, which was right after second wave feminism or kind of the end of second wave feminism. And I don't think it's feminist anymore. Like, I don't feel empowered by this movie. I it, it almost reduces Ripley to mother, like to her gender, because she's a woman and if you look at, I
0: would have enjoyed this role more if it was a woman in her teens or 20s like an older woman and it was more like Ripley fighting for someone not to have to go through what she went through on the Nostradamus
2: yeah I think so too or if she had been saving one of the marines or something Mm -hmm. I think like and it's fine like I'm not gonna super pick it apart but like the first movie she was written as a man and one of the things was I think at this point Being feminist was seen as, oh, I can do anything a man can do, you know, and like trying to like masculinize his characters. And that's kind of what I see in Alien as she was written as a man and they put a woman in the role. And I think I just want more out of feminism right then that now and so like when you look at slashers there when they pick up the knife that is seen as like masculinizing the character and that's how they're able to overcome and then there's a point where they drop the knife and they are like feminized again and so I think that's what this movie is is like we had this really strong character in the first movie but they have to remind us that, hold on, she's still a woman. So she's not as threatening. And it's like giving her this role as a mother. It's like, you can be a great mother, even when there's difficult things, not like you're a woman and you can be whatever you want. You know, I just don't think nude is necessary.
0: And I I feel like they do it less for Ripley and more for the alien queen to make like a foil for the alien queen. So by the end, I was just like, okay, it's mom versus mom. Yeah, They have a moment where they acknowledge that they're both mothers in the Uh egg room and I was like, this yeah. is a
1: really weird choice. It yeah, is- I thought that Newt existed because they wanted to make her a quote-unquote mom, Ripley being that her in that sentence, right? And then it was mom versus alien mom, and I felt like that's why they did it that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I definitely see what you're saying, Jim. Yeah.
0: The queen could still be there. She doesn't need Ripley to be a mom to be pissed that her eggs are getting blown apart. You know what I mean? No. Right. Yeah,
1: there's no mom versus mom motivation right. for me in this movie. I don't need to see the alien see Ripley as a mom either. You like that doesn't matter. The alien mom would still want to kill Ripley because yeah. Ripley is killing her eggs, right? Yeah. Right.
2: And like when I look at like I think in the 80s this was probably very progressive because one of the things I do think it shows is different aspects of motherhood and different like you can be a mother and that doesn't necessarily mean you're an angel because the alien queen is a mother also. But right now I see it and I'm like, oh, Weyland-Yutani is the patriarchy and he's just pitting these two moms against each other, but he's still controlling everything. Like he's, Weyland-Yutani is the patriarchy in this movie and he is the big evil and these mothers are just fighting with each other. I also think there's a racial element you can see in here.
1: Can I ask who that is? Well, Oh, I'm sorry, I don't Weyland-Yutani
2: what... is the corporation. That owns. Oh, everything. okay. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Sorry. No, sorry, no, no. Sorry. no that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Okay. And um, because I don't think we had said it. Um, yeah. There. I mean, I got a lot to say once we get to that. But I just think I. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. And I think it just kind of is feminism at its time. And I think we've moved past that.
1: Yeah, I mean that's fair. Yeah. But it was probably very progressive at that time. But I can see why now. 20 some plus no sorry almost 40 years later it's not as progressive right. and,
2: and I say that because I don't want to take anything away from Ripley because there is a lot of empowerment that I get from her I just think it's empowering sure. me in a way that I don't want anymore and I read it because one of the other things that I don't like is that Ripley is really the only one in the movie that's asked to care for this child you know like she's the one who chases like they're like Um, Hicks at one point is like she's dead let's go and Ripley is the only one who goes in after her and like goes to get her really shows any kind of concern for her which just shows how like caregiving is seen as a female thing and I just have been thinking so much about teachers who like the majority of teachers are women and we're being asked to like go into schools now like how many times are teachers asked to risk their lives for kids because we are not valued as highly as male dominated fields and so this caregiving thing is something that is supposed to be innate to women we're supposed to be able to risk our lives for it and we're supposed to want to do that and i think if any of the male characters in this movie had shown any kind of sympathy for nude i think that would have kind of solved that problem
0: so hicks does show sympathy for her but it's little moments and if you're paying attention to the movie like in the background or things like that you can see that with Hudson and Hicks at different points, but I don't remember the director's cut enough to know it's if it's more in the forefront during the director's cut. But like, so there's moments where like newt's trying to see like the computer table and Hicks picks her up and puts it on his shoulder for, so she can pay attention to what they're all talking about with their briefing that they do later on in operations. And he like checks on her a lot and does some other things. Um, and then Hudson as well with her. Um, but it's all in the background. So like Paul Reiser's characters talking and you can see like Hudson and her interacting in the background in like sweet supportive ways Hicks as well in different scenes throughout the movie, but it's not in the forefront.
2: Well, and so I found another quote about that too, because I think that fits into the eighties. And there's a guy who wrote about this called Roger Lockhurst. He wrote a book about the first two. And he said um, aliens would be a defiantly Reaganite version of the story, pumped, militarized, libertarian, and driven by a staunch defense of the nuclear family. And so the way I see Hicks relating to Newt and kind of the other men is more like a father, which now, like, I look at Corey, and he is willing to do everything that I do for our children. But I think back then there was this sense of, like, I grew up with a dad who was like, no, I don't change diapers because I'm the dad. Men do that.
1: You mean women do that? Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Sorry, women do that. That's not... Not for me to do. and right. so that's kind of what I read here, which kind of rubs me the wrong way, is that it just looks like like th- there is a nuclear family at the end. There's Ripley, there's Hicks, and there's Newt. And yes, And Hicks, Uncle Bishop. And Uncle Bishop, yeah, sorry, sorry. And while Hicks and Bishop do, do things that benefit Newt, Ripley is the one that is constantly risking her life for Newt, and I just yeah. wish I saw more of that. And so that's kind of another element of how it just kind of rubs me the wrong way.
0: It does rub me the wrong way. And it's chosen to be like that because they injure Hicks so he can't do it at the end, or I think he would go do it a hundred
2: percent. And I did like that Hicks was not the one who rescued her, but I wish that she had been rescuing Hicks. Like if Newt wasn't a character, she could have Absolutely. rescued Hicks. And I think I would have liked or it Vasquez or, or Va- any any exactly. character anybody right yeah,
1: I didn't I, I don't think who she rescues matters right. Yes.
2: except when it's a child because I think that's inserting the motherhood yeah. thing yeah. exactly. Right. I
0: mean, I think the character of Newt sets back the character of Ripley so much,
2: and it's like implied that now she has a reason for living now. Now she's right. happy. Yeah, again. now she has an
0: actual reason to be on the planet. Right. See in my head canon, her whole reason is I've come to murder all the aliens. That's my reason for living.
2: And I would be okay with that. You know, I and like so, that so, I like
0: that reading of her way better. And
2: so like when I look at this, because again, I don't want to take anything away from Ripley or from this movie because I feel like this is a step along the way of how we're presenting women in films. And I think this is an important one. And I'm actually going to link two kind of competing views of how feminist this movie actually is, um, But I just wanted to mention that. And like when you look at Terminator 2, and I'm sorry I keep comparing it, but there's just so much in common. Like you see Linda Hamilton struggling with these concepts, and I think it's more developed in that movie, but I think the seeds of it are here. But anyways.
0: I would have much rather had no newt and like a love story-esque of Hickson Ripley of like we respect each other because all we are, we have a mutual love of murdering aliens.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't even need like a quote-unquote love story where they fall in love, but it would have been cool if they were just there to kick alien ass, Right. right? And then you could even have, like, Hickson, like, like sort of sacrifice himself for Ripley to get Ripley to save me mm-hmm. yeah. or whatever, and then him get taken, and then have Ripley go save right. him. Right. Yeah. And that would have been I know awesome. I would have loved
2: it. Yeah.
1: Because then you sort of have both of the, you know, males sacrificing himself for, you know, the But then the pers- he has to sleep
0: with her because of the implication. <laughs> oh, <God.
1: laughs> what, are they on a boat? Oh. No, I, I, think, a ship? I think it would a be. A ship, Todd. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But I think it would be cool to then have her say him and then them get away right right. right?
2: yeah that's what i wanted from the end now that all of that said i do like her and newt together getting past the fact that i don't like it as part of the plot i think it's done pretty well
0: i think so too now that we've had all these serious talks we can like get into like the movie the action yeah Yeah. okay because like all that sounds really bad but like let's talk about alien murder fight war stuff. Let's do it. I'm ready.
1: (laughs) Welcome back to Alien Murder Fight War Stuff. (laughs) That that sounds like the worst game show ever.
2: So Hudson says that he found all the colonists because helpfully they put little trackers on all of the colonists and they say, yeah, let's go get them. They don't see anything weird about this. (laughs) That Like this colony is destroyed. Oh, they must be having a big meeting or something. Yeah, they're having a big town hall, I think one of them says.
0: I think they're joking. I think they're obviously like, this is all. Really bad.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So they're now going to where the colonists are supposed to be, and they go inside, and there's like this big, gross black stuff on the ceiling. Pause.
0: Okay. This movie does a really great job visually showing. Where things are So you have The yeah. colony town Which looks like A bunch of buildings Connected yeah. And then like Four miles away You have like The reactor That does the atmosphere stuff And uh-huh. it doesn't And v- they had to drive Over there yeah. They had to drive They had to drive over But this movie Does a really good job Of showing you Like you have a really Good spatial awareness Of this movie What's going on On this planet Which I thought A lot of directors Don't do very well And this one Does it really well
2: I saw it as Oh they're in the space car Now going somewhere Just because I'm not The most visual person But yeah I mean I could <laughs> tell they were in in different places
1: they're in the space corvette they give me armored apc an and they drive to the <laughs> reactor where they're
0: where, where they change the atmosphere yeah no, yes. yes. oh, this is serious science fiction okay can you pay attention <laughs> <laughs> I like how Newt was like, "You're all gonna die. Like right. this is a terrible idea. Let's yeah. just leave."
2: Well, okay, and so we kind of skipped over the scene where she and Ripley are talking, but she says like, "Don't you think you're safer with us?" And Newt's like, "No, no. <laughs> I saw them kill all a bunch of people like you. Yeah, which I've I, hung out
1: with adults before and." have you noticed that there aren't any around? I watched all of them right, die. Right, because
2: they said it's like 60 or 70 families. Like, that's a lot of Yeah, the, I think they
1: say 157 people, something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, It's an insane number of people, well, yeah. Well, so
2: they get down to, there's a bunch of secreted resin and everybody's just wandering around. And then Ripley's like, hey, aren't they on top of a big um, bomb thing?
1: Well, they're on top of a nuclear yes. reactor or technically inside one because that the nuclear reactor is what powers the terraforming phys- facility right yeah, Mike, yeah you're the sci-fi nerd this yeah
2: what makes time travel possible uh, ba- <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, basically man. they're like because in the first movie this was like a sp- moon rock apparently they have just added an atmosphere due to this machine
2: yeah that yes. big thing that, that weyland yutani <laughs> produces isn't that cool yeah mass <laughs> produces yeah yeah. they
1: call it the shake and bake terraforming they machine they do or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you won't yeah. believe
2: how terrific it is oh wow it's shake and bake and i
1: helped <laughs>
0: I really do like <sighs> that this movie sets up that this is just some shitty backwater and like the universe of that world is just huge. Yeah. And like, because they're like, because the Marines are all like, time to go save some shitty colony again. Mm. Like, like they do it I all the, the get,
2: time. Yeah. I just want to get off this duty. Um, <laughs> sorry. Are you laughing because uh, but- you said
1: duty? <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> Really? (laughs) You're an adult I know, man.
2: I can't help it. Like Ripley, being a mom is not the only thing about me, okay? (laughs) But so here's the thing that bugged me. Because, yes, it's legitimate that you wouldn't want to shoot a bunch of grenades on top of a big thermonuclear reactor. And if Lieutenant, wet behind the ears, had just told Apone that, maybe everybody would have been mad about having to give up all their ammo. And maybe they would have actually done that. And I think that goes back into, like, it's just guns and the grunts on the ground don't need to know what's going on just follow my orders you know? but that's
1: how they treat them in the military a lot of the times yeah, they are pissed because Apone has to collect all their magazines right. although some of them keep them uh-huh. and they have to use just their flamethrowers right. while they're down
2: yeah. there
0: Our Hicks brought his own shotgun Which I thought was a really cool touch.
2: So, and this is the point in the movie where I wrote, Is anything ever going to happen? Because I was so tired of them just wandering (laughs) around. I was like, Where are the fucking
0: aliens? I cannot, I cannot, I just can't, I can't even do this. But, Jen, we're
1: about to get there. And don't you love the alien reveal? Like, I loved the alien reveal right here. I thought it was so cool because they're walking and, like, that place that you were covered in resin, like you were talking about, Jen. Uh, And they're walking and walking and walking. And then they start to see. Bodies. They see bodies.
2: Yeah. And they see an open egg and they see skeletons. Oh, and one of the bodies like wakes up and it's like, kill
1: me, uh-huh. <laughs> kill me, mother. And
2: then a thing bursts out of her chest and they flamethrow. Yeah, him. they
1: flamethrower it. And then yeah. that's when you see the aliens literally like peeling off of the walls. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool. I, so I thought too. this
0: does a great job of like the stakes yeah. of this movie. Cause like the first movie is one little alien yeah. that bursts out of a guy's chest. They kill that thing in two seconds. And then you see hundreds of these aliens, and you're just like, "Oh yeah. man, I watched the first movie. These people are screwed."
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's almost like the first movie was Alien, right? And this movie's called Alien, and that's
2: what brings in the money, baby. Dollar yeah, sign. That dollar Woo-hoo.
1: sign. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, and I do think that they immediately up the stakes like that by just taking mm-hmm. out the threat that killed the entire first yes. movie. Yeah, yeah. And I love how the aliens come out. I think it's so yeah, cool. It looks so, so cool. cool.
0: And then and then the Marines start, it's like, it, it's a gun battle. And yeah. then, I thought they did a good job showing that the Marines are also not, like, pushovers. They kill a lot of the aliens. They, they
2: kill do. a lot they of aliens do. here.
1: They, they're badass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so some of the, because I think at this point, Boggs, like, shoots an alien and it explodes and the blood gets on him and starts, like, burning him. And I can't remember yeah. if it's Boggs or not. It's somebody, this is one of the moments where I was having a hard time keeping track of everything that was happening. Oh, it's, it's chaos.
0: Just shit and getting it fucked, cuts, up. yeah. A cuts to the lieutenant back in the APC watching their video, and he's like, oh, guys, are you okay? And it's like, people are dying left and right, and there's gunfire and flames, and you're like, yep. no, they're not. They're and not okay. This
2: wasn't in my simulation. As I was just going to say, that's the difference between him. a simulation and reality because he's giving mm, Apon, yeah. probably he's giving Apon the, I hope we're saying his name right, like the right commands, but if shit's going crazy and he can't hear, it doesn't matter what the lieutenant mm-hmm. is saying.
1: Yeah, I doubt in the Aliens universe they have a Kobayashi Maru type situation. Exactly. So all of their simulations... Go exactly the way they're supposed to, and this guy is not prepared for what he's being asked to do. And then Ripley's
0: like, "You got to pull your team out. They're gonna die. They're all gonna die. Just get them out of there. Get them out of there. Get them out of there." there." But he
1: doesn't, and then she eventually like gets on the the (laughs) horn or whatever, and is like, "Get out of there, you idiot!" She gets on the floor. She's like, "There are aliens. There,
2: not just well." Then she hijacks the car. She does. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, she does. That's right. She's a
1: badass
0: man. She like throws Lieutenant out of the driver's seat and grabs the controls, and is like, "I'm gonna go get him then." Right. And then Paul riser to his credit is like you had your chance Gorman that's what he says to him yeah yeah
2: and she essentially takes control of everything at this point although technically Hicks does but she's really running the show yeah it really is her and so she gets them they like run out and they all get into the big car um, and she's driving away but apparently she's like done something to the car so she's driving on metal and there's a xenomorph on top and it's a pretty cool car chase scene
0: so she takes the APC and she drives through the alien made wall of like the. Resonant stuff, mm-hmm. and it was like, it, yeah. and like Hicks is like, oh, there's the APC, and they all, like, the survivors get on. Well, and right. then an alien,
1: as they're trying to yeah. close the door, an alien like tries to like keep it yeah. open, and then Hicks and the sticks his shotgun in the alien mouth and says, "Eat this." <laughs> And then blows his head off. I was like, yeah, yeah let so cool. It is. Yeah. yeah, It is so cool. I love but it. But then
2: yeah. it gets acid blood on him, too. He
1: does, yeah. Yeah, and so
2: he starts to get Bernie a little bit.
1: Actually, it gets on
3: Hudson.
2: Oh, Hicks is the one that shotguns him. I only have eyes for Ripley, so like a lot of these Marines, I kind of kept losing track <laughs> of who was doing what.
1: And it all happens sort of quickly. It does. Like, there's a lot of chaos. I, it was hard for me to keep track of who died until later in the movie when you see, okay, the, these people aren't here Exactly, anymore, yeah, yeah, Right? Yeah. Well, and
2: so now she's driving the space car away and there's a xenomorph on top and he's, like, smashing through the window and she, like, runs over it and is awesome. Michael Bean comes over and says, he's down, you fucked the car up. I think he got back
0: in that APC, saw that she was the one that rescued them and, like, she's in control and was like oh, we are really in trouble. I've got to, like, okay, let's stop the car. Oh, yeah, I yeah. need to take control of this situation because...
1: I-, I read that as, like, her PTSD was taking over I think and so he too. needed to calm her down. Yeah. I think
2: so, too. But I also wrote, are you sure they're far enough away? Because it didn't seem like they've been no. driving very far. And I, was like, I think until know?
1: they're back in orbit, they're not far enough away. I know,
2: no. yeah.
0: Also, during this scene, boxes fall on the lieutenant and he loses consciousness for the next, like, 20 minutes. Which is fine Yeah, he gets me.
1: a concussion <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, but we, we don't know need him we don't exactly jen we don't need him so it's fine so like
0: hicks is in command because the sergeant's lost
1: yeah they're inside the car deciding what to do next and ripley's like the only thing left to do is to go to orbit and nuke this place it's the only
0: way to be sure and that that's such a great scene and then paul riley's like no this is like a really expensive
1: colony or whatever uh this is like millions of dollars you're saying you're gonna nuke and and then i love bill paxton because he's like (laughs) (laughs) Yes! <laughs> <what Ripley> <laughs> yeah he's like sold let's
0: do right. that and then ripley's like she's really smart and
1: i and that's the thing
0: old ripley is through like the first movie ripley is through this movie but like i just don't like the changes they make because she's like well technically this is a military operation and since yeah. the lieutenant's unconscious and the sergeant is dead uh, Corporal Hicks is in command, right, Corporal Hicks? And he's like, yeah, y- yeah, yeah,
2: oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I am in charge. Let's nuke this bitch. And then he goes over to Ripley, and he's like, what should I do, Ripley? I really don't know, and I know you're the one who should really be in charge.
1: Well, I mean, but he does exactly what he she does. suggests. Yeah. I mean, I think he knows what's best. I think
2: so, too. And that
1: is to listen to Ripley. I mean, what would Ripley do, you know? (laughs) Yeah, WWRD, baby.
2: But Paul Reiser does say something at this point that I do think is interesting. He says, this is a species, and do we have the right to just exterminate an entire species? And I think they could have dug in a little bit more to that. I'm okay that they didn't. But what bugs me about it is it's one of those assholes who's using this, like, legitimate concern of should we exterminate a species to his own end, because he doesn't give a fuck about those xenomorphs. He just wants right. the money. So he's faking that concern. Is It's like a gaslighting thing. It's like, yeah, but yeah. don't you care about the xenomorphs? You can't just <laughs> blow them up. You know? But to it's everyone's fuzzy.
0: credit, they're like, no, that species is the worst. Let's go ahead and, and exterminate them.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: I would have just said they were found in a spaceship, so they obviously have a different home. We wouldn't be killing yep. all of them, but we need to get the fuck out of here.
1: Right. This is not where they're from, <laughs> right. so we're going to kill this colony of them like they killed our colony. <laughs> right. We're going to call it Even Stevens and then GTF back to Earth. (laughs) Right. Exactly.
2: But this is when I started not liking Paul Reiser.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I didn't like him earlier than this because, you know, I'm hashtag feminist and I can see through that (laughs) shit. But Jen, I understand how you would fall for it. It's the sweater.
3: (laughs) It's the knot. Did you see that knot?
1: He tied it so tight, Jen. But anyway, so like he wants to sell one of these aliens or like... To the
0: bioweapons division.
1: Yeah, Yeah. to the bioweapons division because he wants money. Like he does not care about the species at all. But
2: this is when we start seeing the beginnings of Ripley and Hicks is kind of like, I wrote when when he says, yeah, we should nuke him for war." but I wrote, then he and Ripley have a couple seconds of I plan sex because they look <laughs> at each other and they're like, yeah, that's a good plan. Yeah, you know. Oh,
1: yeah. You want to nuke it, Ripley? Yeah. Well,
2: there's
0: some people you naturally work well with and there's a good connection that's there. That's true. Yeah, and listen, hey, not I like it. it. And
2: you see a little bit of that with Tom Skerritt in the first one because ne- there's never like any implication yeah. of romance but there's the chemistry there. I feel like the
0: chemistry sure, yeah. is like really between her and Hicks. Like they have good oh, chemistry. Oh yeah. this I movie. think so too. Like,
2: and I think a lot of it is just Hicks is taking her seriously and listening to what she's saying. And yeah, she likes that. You know, but yeah, I mean that would have been hot if they had hooked up. <sighs> <laughs>
0: oh, so Hicks is like, she's right. So he gets on the gets on the radio and is like, "Hey spaceship, come pick us up. This place is not going great."
2: Right. Yeah. And so spaceship dude I- is like, oh, this ladder seems normal, except my foot got stuck. Hmm.
0: That was my whole thing. I'm like, you know, they're aliens on this rock. Like, no one is not aware of
1: what's going on. Close yeah. the
2: fucking ladder. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Also, I'll say this. Both of those people, both the pilots are wildly unprepared for what they need to be doing. Because when they originally come down to the dropship, the pilot is wearing big fucking aviators, like Top Gun style aviators. And it's dark. Why are you wearing sunglasses at night? You are not Corey Hart. You are flying a, a, a dropship.
0: Uh, but those are future Ray-Bans and they actually shoot actual rays in different bandwidths. So she can actually see <laughs> more with them oh, on.
1: God.
2: I want to see it, that. That's <laughs> the
1: only way it makes sense. That is the only way it makes sense, yeah. Mikey, and I am on board for that. Anyway, so what they do is they leave their back door of the ship open the whole time.
2: Don't want to do that, guys.
1: No, you d- you never leave your back door open because what's going to happen? Would you
2: say they dropped the ship? <laughs> <laughs> God
1: was like outside camping or something. I
3: was
2: like, what are you doing? What was he? <laughs> yeah, I have
1: no idea what he was doing, but that him being gone allowed the alien to like sneak in ninja style. Right. And then as they're starting to take off. You see an alien like small face inside bigger face punch the pilot, right. and then you you just see the plane crash or the dropship crash. Right, <laughs>
2: clever girl. So she yeah. took out the saving vehicle also, and so now they're stuck, guys. And it's Give game over, man. man game, game over.
0: <laughs> Granted, I would kind of panic too if I was in that situation i mean like i think a game over moment is okay
1: he panics to a point where i wanted a airplane style montage of people walking (laughs) up and smacking him trying to get him to calm down and then it just like zooming out to show a bunch of other people waiting in line to smack him
0: ripley gives him that in like five minutes
2: that's true. Now, And I will say, like we just made fun of it, but that game over thing, that is an iconic part of this movie, oh, yeah. too. And I am it grateful is, that yeah. it exists, because it is funny. And it was improvised, apparently, too. I still don't understand why there's really? not people...
0: Is it really improvised? Yeah. Man, he's a genius. Wow. He yeah. is a great actor. He was a great actor, God rest his soul. I
2: do love Bill Paxton.
0: <laughs> Same. If there's nuclear weapons on the ship, another drop ship... You'd think there'd be, like, three people up there maybe like, we can't just leave nukes unattended.
2: Right. Well, it's because Corman was in charge, and he's no Tom Skerritt.
1: That's true. He's the worst. I hate him. But, yeah, there's literally no one on the ship in orbit. And now the drop ship with both the pilots has blown up. So they're both dead and the drop ship is not, not operable. Right.
2: And we find out it's going to take 17 days for th- this is when they say 17 days for somebody to rescue us. Once we're noticed that it, we're gone.
1: Right. So. They go back to the colony and like hunker down yeah. more or less. And they're talking about, okay, so if we miss our rendezvous point, how long will it take someone to get here to rescue us? And from today to missing the rendezvous point to rescue mission, that's 17 right, days. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they're like, let's reseal the barricade. Let's like like they they go to the place that the colonists had their last name. They're like, we can reseal this up and wait 17 days. Yeah. And then Bill Paxson's freaking out again. And Ripley's like, Bill Paxton, look, Hudson, I'm tired of your <laughs> bullshit. Make yourself useful. Go get go get the plans right. of, of, the, of this place and because f- you need to be helpful and we're tired of your bullshit. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's okay. He like, yeah. he like takes the criticism pretty well.
2: He does. Yeah. And I do think he has an interesting transformation in this movie because once the shit starts going down, you see that there's a vulnerability to him. And that mm-hmm. a lot of his yeah. annoying stuff at the beginning was kind of like a bravado kind of like mm-hmm. trying to fit in thing. And so I do like his character yeah. as much as he does kind of bug me. But so they're trying to like seal off so that there's no way these xenomorphs can get in.
1: yeah they're just trying to like seal off any way for the xenomorphs to get in as long as it's not underneath them or above right. them Which,
0: like this stuff is what i've hated the most since a kid was this they not checking the air the air vents part of this whole like because yeah. it, it yeah. because they thoroughly go through the plans yeah thoroughly and the fact that they missed such a big part of this is so dumb
2: See, and that's why whenever I play Halo, my first move is to just look straight up,
0: and then just <laughs> scan
2: everything. And I just haven't figured. And it not out. because not because I panicked and hit all the buttons at once, <laughs> right?
1: Right. It's yeah, because exactly. I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that there is an air vent that can conservatively fit 20 aliens, and they never think to exactly. hunt that down. It's because they
2: haven't seen Jurassic Park, guys. Okay,
1: clever girl.
2: <laughs> but so before that happens, Ripley puts Newt into a room with a bed and tucks her in and they have a conversation about scary dreams and are monsters real um, and she gives her this tracking bracelet that Hicks just gave her. And I guess she's mad because it didn't mean they were engaged. So she's like, okay, here, take it. That go.
0: was a really good joke. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I thought it yeah. was a weird moment, but also sweet because I think like they do have chemistry and it was kind of cute, you know?
0: And I thought it was in a play of like traditional roles because he's like, give this and I can always keep track of you. And she's like, what are we engaged now? I don't need this. I mean, it was yeah. a good like, like slap back to him being like, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But oh, I, I oh, still want to know where you the are. the one
2: who says like it doesn't mean we're engaged or anything. No. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) But I also think it's like yeah, we're going to hook up when this thing is over. But we yeah. got to focus on the problem right now.
0: we got to okay? get done, but yeah, sis.
2: <laughs> exactly. But she gives the bracelet to Newt for luck, which is, it's not a lucky bracelet.
1: That's just what she tells Newt so Newt will wear mm. it because she wants to be able to track Newt, right? I guess right? You're right. But how upset would you be if you <laughs> gave your tracker bracelet to a woman you're really, like, interested in, and, like, you go track it down, and it's, a tr- like, a 10-year-old girl. I you're know. like, this night's not going to go how I wanted Ooh, it to go.
2: definitely should. And even after he stood on the cafeteria (laughs) tables and saying, I think I love you to her (laughs) and then, Uh, uh. and you're not supposed to do it. And then he gets super hazed for it. Yeah. Not cool. Yeah.
0: So embarrassing. Right. Definitely know what you guys are talking about.
2: (laughs) It's from Scream 2.
0: Scream 2 is terrible
1: though.
2: What? Well,
1: guys, that was the horror version. We'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Bishop is looking at the facehuggers. He's, he's, he's,
0: he's, uh, he's uh, what's the thing? Dissecting it.
2: And so he's figuring out, like, kind of what we learned from the last movie, that they're using these colonists as, like, incubators for these things. And that's what's in the nest.
0: Yeah. And Ripley tells him to destroy them yeah and then he was like i'm under orders not to destroy him from burke
2: and she's like oh fascinating who Hmm." and so then bishop and that's one of the things i love about bishop being ai is he just like spills the beans for everything because he's like yeah yeah he just answers i don't give a fuck yeah and so then she's like burke you got some explaining to do and so (laughs) he and he's like yeah let's just do this because we'll be set up as heroes and we'll have money for life so that's his motivation like he can spin it as like we want to study these things. I want to know, but he just wants to be rich by getting these things and like giving them to the company.
0: I feel like Burke's character doesn't super work in this movie because shit gets so bad and his life is in danger. And he's still trying to like smuggle them out, which I just don't think is really realistic. Cause like they're like at this point, there's no way even off the planet. And he's like, Hmm, I'm going to set them up to be impregnated.
2: Well, what I don't think is realistic is that, like, once they find all of this stuff out, they don't do anything about it. They just keep letting him tag along and they don't, like, try to restrain him or try to, like... After he tries
0: to... I mean, because this part's pretty bad, and he's like, okay, okay, because well, well, he lies to her and is like, yeah, that was before, now it's all bad. Right. Then he right. tries to trick them into getting impregnated. Right. Then, then Hicks decides- He
1: doesn't trick them. He, like, sets them up right. to get impregnated. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, like
0: mur- tries to uh, murder them.
1: Yeah, he tries to
0: murder them, yeah. But then they were going to shoot him in the head when the power went out, when the aliens attack. Right. But we'll get there, yeah. But I'm just saying, they make the decision to shoot him at that moment.
2: Burke is trying to explain himself, and we're finding out he sent all of these colonists here knowing the shit. Show- it was going to happen. Which I think is another parallel to kind of the Vietnam War is that they were sending all of these troops into this dangerous situation to justify their ends back at home without really giving a fuck about what was going to happen to these human beings.
1: They sent the colonists a long time ago and they didn't know the ship was there. When when she woke up and told them about the ship, that's when Burke told them to go. Right.
2: Yeah. 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 But he did that knowing that there was an alien creature yeah. there and that this is a way he could Absolutely. harvest that alien. Yeah. Right. Now we know that there's a bomb on the moon rock or something and it's going to oh, blow yeah. up in 40 hours.
1: It's the reactor is overloading, Jack. Yeah, no. <laughs> I thought
2: you just can't go over fifty five miles an hour in the space car.
1: Bishop calls
0: them over to look at the reactor, like, what are we looking at? And then it vents and he's like, Well, all those explosions are making the reactor overheat. We have four hours until this place is within thirty miles. Thirty yeah. kilometers is a three monocular eruption. And then Bill Pax is like, Great.
2: Right. Yeah. But so Bush, Bishop says, okay, but I can go and I can like manually try to get the ship that we just left like floating around to try to get back and save everyone. And he goes through <laughs> like a Shawshank Redemption tunnel um, and says like, okay, it's going to take this much time, but we have this much time, but it's going to stay Tight.
0: So here's where their plan breaks down for me, because they're like, okay, so he, he can go crawl to the satellite and then get the thing to come down and it's gonna be a skin of the teeth, and they're like, Well, good luck with that, and they let him go do it by themselves. Wouldn't the whole group just go try to do that and take and like wait for the ship? Like, why would we do anything else?
1: The problem with that, Mikey, and I do agree, it is like super like long range, like Hail Mary type play, right? But if they all go outside, they're all gonna get attacked by aliens. And honestly, he's sort of excited because he's not a real life form but if he
0: dies there's no way they're gonna live
1: no i mean absolutely i mean well they could just get in the car and drive kilometers away but they're still dead Right. right like they're not gonna be able to leave like yeah I get what you're saying. I also do love that they make him climb through the tight tunnel when he could just go through the air vent. It's big enough. He could run all the way like there. Because like 20 feet
2: yeah. xenomorphs are already up there. Yeah. <laughs> he's exactly. out, He's
0: outside of the building like miles away or whatever.
2: And so now Hicks is showing Ripley how to use all of his guns and they're having some cute little moments. And he's like, you better go get some sleep. You're- the tension
1: is palpable. palpable. Yeah.
2: It's sweet. I I like it. Yeah. And Michael Bean is hot. But
1: Jen, he really is like, let me show you how to use my gun. Yeah. No, Um, she brings it up. Oh, I didn't realize it was her idea. How rare is that? Right, Mikey? Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: oh. But so now she's got a grenade launcher. The lieutenant is back awake. He hit his head and he's trying to apologize or something. And then she remembers that Newt exists and she put her to bed a while ago. And then what she's like, Oh shit,
1: I have a daughter now.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about that the lieutenant's
0: concussion has made him a better person. Yeah. I mean From this point forward, he's a really good soldier.
2: He is, yeah. And I think a lot of it is because he understands like there are actual stakes to this. And maybe I'm not the best person to lead. I do think this movie makes a really good argument for. Women in power and female leadership. All right. So anyway, so Newt's asleep, but not in bed. She's asleep under the bed, which I thought was sweet. Yeah. And so Ripley goes down and like goes asleep or falls asleep right next to her too. Um and now Bishop is at the satellite, so he's trying to get the plane to come get them. And then Ripley wakes up. And this part, I think this probably is my favorite part. Well, this This part is is super creepy. Yeah. This is scariest
1: part. This is the scariest part for Mm -hmm. me, if that's what you're getting at. yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. It is very and effectively scary. When I
0: was a kid, and I would watch this movie, like this is the part that I just wouldn't. I would like close my eye. I just wouldn't watch this part because really? it was just really scary. Mm-hmm. It's so
2: yeah, it scary. was scary last
1: night when I was watching. Yeah, because they and look s- like spiders.
2: They do. They're they are So gross. Um, but so the face hugger jar has been smashed, and I didn't put that Burke had done that together at this point. I was like, oh shit, they're just trapped in this room.
1: You don't know that he's done right. that yeah. until later until- in the scene mm-hmm. when she's like waving at the camera, and he turns the camera mm-hmm. on. And then you're like, I was no! like, "Ooh, you evil, right. you evil man!" Yeah, yeah.
2: I wrote on all caps, "Fuck you, Paul Reiser."
1: I don't care how tight your sweater is.
2: <laughs> I know, man. Helen Hunt can keep you. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was real mad about it.
1: Oh <laughs> wow!
2: <laughs> <laughs> you found the joke, <laughs> Jen. <laughs> all right, but so, it. but it's terrifying because there's there's not there's two of them in here, and they can't get, and nobody can see them or hear them, and so she's banging on the glass, um, and the thing is. Crawling over and it like jumps onto her face and so she turns the fire alarm on and that's what alerts michael bean that his um soon-to-be girlfriend is so in trouble. smart of her it really and it, but is also, yeah.
0: let's talk about these effects because these are all practical effects mm-hmm. and these things look real and they look really scary and they make weird noises and they it's, do. Yeah, yeah. it's just so creepy and scary yeah this was it's wires so and
2: puppetry Is how they did this. That's so
1: impressive. I know. It really is. I'm going to
2: link an article that gives a little more details about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, these effects look really good. And this is, the face hugger. I think is scarier to me than the Xenomorph. and so 100%. I'm glad. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm glad we see more of that in this movie, you know, because we really don't see much of it in the first one. Um, but it, so it's right. on her face and it's wrapped, it's like tail thing around her neck. And then Michael Bean's there. You see the thing
1: like coming out from under it? You know, like if the bottom of the face hugger was your hand, it would be like right in the middle of your right, palm. Right, right. It's like sticking its like thing uh, out trying mean, to like uh, put it in your mouth. It's penis.
2: It's probisco. Yeah, I <laughs> I
1: I didn't want to say it, Mikey, but yeah, the phallus that's trying to penetrate her mouth. I hate yes. everything about this sentence. Well, hold on. No, it's putting eggs in there.
2: It's gross, and I don't want it in my mouth. I'll just say that. Right.
1: <laughs> I'm, and I'm sure you've said it more than once, but like, listen- <laughs> I, like, hated this part so much because it was so gross.
0: And then I have a thing with, like, parasites and creatures like that where, like, I get chills, like, talking about. Like, I don't like. Yeah, I don't like it. Because here's
2: the grossest thing. Newt is watching all of this happen to Ripley, and there's one of them right behind her, too. Well, Newt's sort of a
1: little badass, too, because Mm -hmm. when that one crawls up, she knows that they have a tail, so she pushes that thing against the wall to pin it Uh there. Uh-huh. Yep, that's when they sort of break the glass and then Hicks jumps through the glass and like gets up and shoots that yeah. one and then runs over and they all start trying to like untangle the cord around yeah. Ripley's neck. Mm, yeah, yeah,
2: and it's like they pry it off her face or away from her face, but they still can't get it out because it's like choking her. It's just terrible. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And then we find out and they throw it and they've shot. They shoot the things a million times. So coast is clear now.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, both of those little face huggers that were in the canisters or whatever are now dead. Right,
2: and this is when they have the conversation about Burke locking them both and in I there. I
0: love this conversation because Ripley figured out his plan from the jump and was uh. like... Here's Burke's plan. He was going to have us be impregnated, smuggle us past customs. That way he wouldn't have to explain anything. He would take credit for it and get it all through. And then the Marines are like, well, we would all know that you guys And he'd like, well, you're the Marines were like, he, he, he we would know that what happened to y'all. So uh-huh. that wouldn't work. And she's like,
1: oh no, he was going to kill yeah, you guys. Your yeah. freezers
0: would malfunction. And, and like Hudson's like, oh no, man. Uh-huh. And so like, let's just put a, and like, and like everybody's like, we just put a bullet in him. And then Hicks finally is like, yeah, okay. Let's just put a bullet in him. And like, that's the decision yeah. they Make, shoot and th- they lose power right then.
2: Yeah, yeah. And this is when she says, you don't see. They're talking about a species because I think he's still trying to pull that bullshit of like this is a species and we want to study it and she's like you don't see them fucking each other over for a percentage and i'm gonna link something because there was i read an article comparing this to avatar and the way james cameron treats like other species that i think Mm -hmm. is pretty interesting because they're seeing this species as creatures and like bugs that they're trying to squash
0: i think it was the sentence that says ripley doesn't think these things are evil they're just a different species she thinks paul riser is evil
2: Yes, I, because Paul Reiser doesn't care about the species either. Right. He just mm-hmm. wants to make money from it. Yeah, yeah. He
1: doesn't even really care about his own species. No, yeah. he doesn't. That's he's, why I think, I, yeah, it's just he's evil. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. All right, so now the power goes out, and there's they sense motion stuff in the hallway. Um, and I liked this because they're all looking at the door, and they're like, okay, well, if it's eight feet, like, that is eight feet away, and then it starts to keep getting closer, and it's like, they're inside the perimeter, and that creeped me out a little bit. And there's movement all over the place, and then they realize that they forgot that the ceiling exists
1: it literally is like one of them goes oh no drop ceilings exist right and then they like open they like push up the drop ceiling Mm -hmm. and then turn the light around and i hated this so much because it was so creepy right because then you see like eight xenomorphs like crawling towards them
3: right okay
0: if i could redo this movie because they're they're an intelligent species because they cut the power an easier way that would have been more terrifying is if they murdered one of their own on the door and the acid melted the doorway for them to get in.
1: <gasps> oh, my
2: God. I
1: love that. That's dirty. Right. I love
2: but it. I think <laughs> they care yeah. about each other. I don't think they would do that to Zini. They're not
1: Paul Reisers.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, oh. I think, I think was they George. would. That George.
0: I think that would be terrifying, though. I
2: do think so, too, yeah. But that would present them in a much more sinister light. So the xenomorphs are now
1: there. They're fighting. Everyone's shooting. And honestly, they're holding their own. They're doing pretty well. They are. But- Paul Reiser sneaks out the back door and then locks that back door. Uh So Vasquez has to literally like torch it open. Right. Mm -hmm. So she's torching it open and they're like falling back. And this is when Bill Paxton is like really coming to his own as an awesome badass Marine guy. And he is like taking him out. He's like, come on, you want some of this or Mm -hmm. whatever. And then eventually one of them does grab him sort of through the floor. And that's when Hicks tries to save him, but he gets sucked down. And then, Vasquez does get the door open and they go in behind where uh, you know where Paul Reiser went and we know that Paul Reiser went through another door and he
0: locked it behind him
1: yeah and he locked that other door behind him and then he's trying to go through another door and he opens it and then he sees a xenomorph there and it's like give me a kiss
2: exactly and then
1: karma gets him yeah and then he he dies or we don't see him die honestly he might come back in (sighs) aliens 3 I have no idea but
0: but spoiler alert though uh, also the planet blows up you know at the end
1: there oh
2: that's true Ooh,
1: good call. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, good point. So that makes sense. So anyway, so Riser's dead anyway. But so the rest of our little Scooby gang can't get through the other door fast enough. And... The girl Newt is like, Follow me. I know how to get out right. of here. And she crawls into one of the vents. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But now the firefight goes into the vent, it does. which is such
0: a cool scene.
1: It's very cool. Dude, Vasquez is awesome. She really yeah. is. She's like squatting down, sort of running away, but also like shooting all of the xenomorphs that are attacking them. Mm-hmm. And so Gorman's doing okay too, but it's really Vasquez holding her own. It is. Here.
2: And Gorman's kind of supporting, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And then she runs out of ammunition and her rifle. So she switches over to her pistol. And then she sort of gets uh, to the point where her and Gorman get overtaken. Yeah. An alien comes from a top.
0: She shoots the alien in the head with her pistol. She gets acid on her ankle and is trying to like drag. So Gorman goes back for her, Mm -hmm. but then they get surrounded.
1: Yeah, and then they set off a grenade in their hand. Yeah, yeah. And, and they have that and little
2: <laughs> moment of looking at each other, and it's but first crazy.
0: you were always an <laughs> asshole, yeah. Gorman. Yeah. But that was a good sit-off for them.
2: It is, and that's it really was, <laughs> and yeah. that's one of the most memorable scenes of this mo- movie too. Like oh, I hear yeah. a lot of people talking about that, and it's kind of like she's forgiving him for getting everyone killed and being terrible. But so now um, there's like rumbling explosion when Vasquez sets off that grenade, and so Newt falls through some kind of fan thing, um, and um, Ripley and Hicks are trying to catch her but she falls down into the vent and she goes down in water um, and they're trying to find her, and she's got her tracker on, so they know where she is. And this is one of my favorite parts of the movie, too. When she's in the water, and the oh, xenomorph yeah. rises up behind her, it just looks so, so scary. cool. Yes. It's,
1: that part really freaked me out, man. I'm not going to lie. It, it's not like a jump scare, but I was like, oh, wow. I know. That's really effectively and done. And it's like, yeah. that's
2: a moment where I think the, the creature design is so cool and just looks really effective right there. Yeah. Also, I don't like standing in water where there's like creatures down there, so. So grossed me Nope, out. don't um, like that either. So <laughs> here's
0: another part of the movie that I don't love. That is Newt related, and this is going to make me sound kind of callous. But you find out back in the APC at the beginning that the sergeant is alive, and one of the other Marines are alive, and the the xenomorphs have taken them. And they decide not to go rescue them. They're like right. they're dead. And so like right. they know Newt's been taken because of a tracker there. But they're like, I guess we got to rescue her. <laughs> And I was like, well, you guys decided not to save those other two guys.
2: Well, but Ripley decides to rescue her,
0: though. Oh, yeah, but I would because, have been like... Yeah, it is Ripley. Right, which is
2: what I'm saying. Like, Ripley is the one who is, like, constantly being asked to, like, risk her life for this child, which just...
0: Realistically, would any of us go back for this child?
2: I mean, if it were my child, yeah. I don't have kids, so pro- probably... Not, uh,
1: this is not a question <laughs> I want to answer in a public <laughs> profile, but no, I would not. I would not want to do that. Yeah.
2: But, I mean, I don't know. It does... <sighs> pose an interesting question because they have chosen not to rescue adults right which is where i think that mother like her motivation is that mother bond right now and that's like the only motivation she has you know.
0: hicks being kidnapped would have been much more effective oh and hicks gets sprayed in the face
2: he does and his body mm-hmm. armor too so she helps him mm-hmm. out of his shirt and so she helps him back. <laughs>
1: jen says very uh, seductively
0: <laughs> she helps him
2: back onto the ship also
0: yes because bishop is bishop's there now and they have the ship
2: Yeah, and they've got 26 minutes. And I do love how both of them are on board with her going back. She's like, don't you fucking leave. And Bishop and Hicks are like, okay, we're not going anywhere. Like, you do your thing. We're not going to help you. Yeah, I do love the
1: way Bishop handles that. Bishop is like, all right, we're leaving. And she goes, how many time do we have left? 26 minutes? And she goes, all right, we're not leaving. We're not? No. All right. (laughs) Roger that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's like, okay. And
2: and I love it because she's made a choice and they're backing her up, which I think is a great moment, you know? Mm -hmm. And so now she's like taping weapons together. Together, and they're flying into a big cool room, which is where the nest is, right? So Bishop's right. flying them yeah. back to the nest or the, the-
0: terraformer tower thing. Yeah.
2: Which yes. I think I've read it called the Hive, so I guess I should really call it the Hive. But she's getting all of that her battle sense, yeah. moment, like battle stuff together, like lots of ammo and grenades. All the knowledge
0: yeah. that Hicks taught her earlier, she tapes a flamethrower to the to the gun, gets the grenade for the grenade launcher, gets the uh-huh. ammo, she's ready to go. And she's she, looking
1: cool. I did like that she's immediately an expert at both the flamethrower and the assault rifle grenade launcher. Right, thing. exactly,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> she gets into this elevator going down, and I, there's the scene of her like gearing up, and it's it's pretty cool. I like.
1: It. it is pretty cool yeah
2: and flamethrower's ready so she gets to the bottom and she's walking through the nest and she's like shooting like firing flames in the air like warning kind of shots
1: well she's firing down each hallway because when they first went in there the xenomorphs were like against the wall and you couldn't really tell where they were so if she uses the flamethrower down a hallway she'll know if there's one there yeah. against the wall mm-hmm. testing it right? out mm-hmm. i thought that that was really smart they don't actually say why she's doing that but that's why I thought she that's was That's why I thought she was That doing made, it made sense too. to me. Yeah. yeah,
2: well, that makes sense.
1: This scene's pretty scary.
2: Well, and it is. It and is. it's like the scene in the first movie where she's flamethrowing down the hall, except for just one alien that she's walking away from. Yeah. The first one, there are like who knows how many of these things that she's now just walking yeah. into the middle of. Um, and then she finds Newt's tracker without Newt. And she's like, oh, fuck, I guess Newt's dead. And
1: I would have been but, gone ASAP. Same. But <laughs> she hears. Newt screams. Yes. So she runs in that direction, finds Newt. Newt's not been Implanted yet For lack of a better yeah. term And she like Rips the resin stuff Off around her And then grabs her Yeah And then they start to leave Yes But they take a wrong turn I guess There's
2: there's fire and explosions And then She's holding yeah. Newt And she sees an egg Being laid behind them From a big gross Giant like <laughs> This oh,
0: These effects Are so effective
2: uh, Yeah Especially in 86 They're so yeah. good For 86
1: They hold right? up man They hold up They really do yeah. And then
2: there's The fucking queen And I do love love the queen in this movie. I think she's so cool. Um, she's like a lot bigger and it's like all of the, like a very extra or like exaggerated version of a xenomorph. And she's got all her yeah. little minions around her. Um, and so Ripley shoots some fire and she's like threatening to shoot all the eggs and so the queen calls off the minions. I
1: do like that, that there's like an understanding between them. Ripley's looking at her and she's looking at Ripley and then like they. Well, yeah,
0: she's it's a mother stare down moment, you know, It is. because like the yeah, eggs yeah. And, and the eggs I, and
1: Newt. I do like that. And she's like, OK, well, I won't kill your daughter if you don't kill my kids. Right. right? I think Newt was created just for this scene,
0: which I think is Me why too. it doesn't work with the rest of the movie, because he's like, you know, it'd be really cool. And like this scene is what kind of happens out of his mouth. And they, they built the movie to lead up to this.
2: Yes. agree. Yeah, I agree. And I like I say, like I think a lot of this is cool It's just done really well, but yeah, I do kind of have a problem with the way the plot unfolds,
0: yeah, like i don't I don't think newt's super necessary, but like they're like, um, what do you, what do you, what about a mother's standoff? What do you think about this? that'd be, this exactly. would be a great scene.
2: And I think a lot of that was just of its time. And it was like, you can be a woman and strong too. But like what makes you a woman is that you're a mom, you know? And there are just so many different ways to be a woman or identify as female now that I think we just weren't really talking about or seeing represented in movies back then. But what bugs me here is that they have that agreement and then Ripley like flames all of her eggs. Like she immediately (laughs) reneges on the deal. And
1: she has this unspoken, you know, I won't kill yours if you won't kill mine. And then she walks closer to the door and then Ripley goes... Right, And then starts to like spray down all Psych! of her eggs and stuff. I mean, I yeah. loved it, but I was like, that's cold. It's so
0: unnecessary because the reactor's blowing up anyway. Do you think she could have made it back to the elevator and gotten up there without anything happening? If she would have stuck to the agreement,
1: I don't think the alien would have stuck to the agreement either, but it was unnecessary. I'd be
0: like, this is going to buy us some seconds. We'll run to the elevator because they don't know the planet's blowing up.
1: That's what I would have tried to do because it doesn't matter. So this is where Ripley chooses blind
0: revenge over Newt. Right. This is blind rage over family right here, for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah.
2: Well, and so, like, to dig into this, I think this kind of goes into the Reaganism of the time, too. It's like they're both mothers, but we identify with one mother, so that's whose child matters. And this the other yeah. group, like, we don't have to care about them because you've presented them as other. And I think there's probably a lot more to say about that. That, you
0: can, it, but like, if it was just strictly that reading, because I feel like James Cameron deliberately shows that the alien mother goes through a lot of pain watching this happen. Right. And like, is like screaming with her arms. like, it, And like, it does, it like humanizes the queen when she does that for it a minute. It does. I
1: thought the queen looked more like, I thought we had an agreement. What is happening right <laughs> now? Well, she's fuck? almost like crying. <laughs> well, yeah, she's pissed, <laughs> but she's also crying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she rips off her own egg and then chases after mm. her. I was like, Holy shit Right That to me looked like It was like a bride Who was taking off her train So she could go (laughs) On the dance floor and dance Yeah But a very different Kind of connotation Yeah those things are heavy I know. You don't want to dance with that. huh? But so she does rip off her egg sack and goes, Ooh, let's dance.
2: Yeah. Well, and so Ripley's gotten to the <laughs> elevator first.
1: <laughs> did you not sort of love and hate the elevator, like slowly coming down? And she's like,
2: God. I on. did. <laughs>
3: yeah. I was like, come I come.
2: Was like can't <laughs> one thing go right? Not yeah. as much
0: as I hated the alien queen seeing the other elevator come down and be like,
2: oh, I guess I'll just go up. Oh, yeah. Arr- oh, yeah. She's like, I-,
1: I could just take the elevator because I'm well versed in what elevators right. are. Because
2: they're I'm an like, intelligent yeah. species. But I. <laughs> I also
0: think she could climb faster than the elevator.
2: Probably. That's probably true, she's too. Big. Yeah, But, you know, she's saving her energy for battle. Also, she just ripped off that mm. egg sac.
1: Well, that's so, true. She did, you know. yeah. You got to have a little recovery Postpartum time, part right? Postpartum
2: care <laughs> is hard. Um, so they've got four minutes now, and the elevator is coming, but the queen is also coming too. And so she yeah. closes the door just in time, and she flamethrowers through the gate. The flamethrower runs
1: out, so she can't kill the queen yeah. this way. Right. It's more of like a distraction from her trying to attack right. them as they're going up in the yes. elevator. But th- this is when the xenomorph mom sees the elevator open, and she goes in there. Such a Girl. dumb, dumb scene. No, I liked it. I think Jen's right. She's saving her strength. But anyway, so of course, Ripley and Ripley and uh, Newt get off the elevator first and they start running. And right. then I do love the reveal that she did get on the elevator, the xenomorph mom, mm-hmm. because it opens and you can't see it originally. And then the light hits it and you're like, oh shit, it's
0: on. Right. But also, also she gets out and she's like,
2: Bishop, you left me, you evil fuck. Exactly. She's like, I knew you were going to betray me. right? And so she says, close your eyes, baby. And then this is awesome. And I love this part because Bishop it just awesome. rises up behind her in the space plane thing. Um, and she's like, hooray. And so they climb onto the ladder and they're safe, except places like crashing all over the place and knocking all kinds of shit down. And Bishop flies them out of there through some fire. And it's really cool. And then they get back to the ship. And then and they fly just out of the Death Star explosion radius. Right? Yes,
0: yes. Mm.
1: Right. Okay. And then they get out of the ship and they're like, Phew. we did it high five. Uh-huh. And I do like that the xenomorph mom does not wait a day. Like she right. is like in her mind the fight never stopped. So right. like Ripley's like, Oh, thank God. But yeah. the Xenomorph mom is like, Let's do this. Right. She like milktoses uh Bishop. Bishop. But Bishop, but not
2: before he has and this that'll do pig moment where like, yeah, you did That good. is true, yeah.
1: Yeah. You did good, Ripley. But now he becomes Baku Bacacubar- Bob. 0. 0. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and the milk goes everywhere. The bukkake bot with the hearticle. Oh
2: and we see that heart of gold right now because he gets ripped We, we do, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause the tail of the alien just slices through his chest and it's so sad and also really gross because I don't like, I, I don't know what bukaki is but I don't like that milk stuff. It's
1: gross. Jen, you have to find Google. <laughs> it, it's amazing. But he does get ripped in half too. Like she yeah. wastes no time ripping him in half. I still I love do that. not
0: understand how androids can be made with like thick white substances and like, like clear plastic tubes. That's all that's inside of him,
1: Mikey. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but humans are made with thick white liquid and tubes. So, <laughs> yeah, but true. that's not all they're made of <laughs> when they grow up. You know, I mean, that's fair, but that's how you make one. So yeah, so now it's literally just Ripley and Newt because right. Hicks is incapacitated, like passed out, doesn't even know what's going
0: exactly. on. There, right? I think there's a throwaway scene where she like gives him morphine. He's passed. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's yeah. out. He's out. He's out of commission.
2: So the Queen is trying to get to Newt. Ripley goes in. Into- to some kind of loader staging room. And this part is awesome. And so she opens it. And I just wrote, it's loader time because she opens the door and she's in the giant loader. So now she's equally sized to the queen. And just get away from her, you bitch, which there's been a lot written about that line. And I'll try to link some of that stuff. But so they're now fighting each other.
0: So here, I mean, it makes a good movie. The loader scene. Yeah, this is a marine military thing. And we've already established that there's a shit ton of guns in the dropship. And all around. Like, she didn't have to get into the loader. She could have just got a gun and killed the queen.
1: Mikey, we don't know if they moved all of the guns down to the planet. We don't see any guns around. Yeah, it's like I... the only option for her is this loader. Honestly, the fight scene with the loader is awesome. No, it's, I think co- it's super awesome. I'm just saying, like. Well,
2: and she's not really trying to kill the Xenomorph, the queen, with the loader. She's trying to get to the airlock. So she can suck it out. Yeah, she wants to Harrison
1: Ford it. Yeah, she wants to get off my plane.
2: Um, Which she knows is going to work because that's what happened in the first movie spoilers. But this scene is really cool. And as, as many problems as I kind of have with the mother versus mother thing and like reducing these two characters. I do like that there are two different versions of a mother and it's executed so well that I can kind of get over the problems that I have with it because it is really, really cool.
0: Yeah. Um, The coolness factor really just saves this movie.
2: It does. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she's, like, dropped the queen. And I like how mechanical the movements are here, too, um, because the queen, like, latches onto Ripley, so they both fall down into the airlock. Um, And so Ripley ditches the loader, um, but then the queen grabs her foot, and so she's crawling up and she's holding on, but she manages to open the airlock. So everything's getting sucked out. And, okay, question about this. Is she now exposed to space? Like, wouldn't the space... Kill her?
1: No, it wouldn't because the air yeah. that's passing through her out the airlock would be able to provide her oxygen. Oh, okay. What really bothers me here is that she's able to hold on with like her elbow hooked around the thing. The alien's not strong enough to hold on to her. Like yeah. if the alien had like pulled off her shoe, that would have made more sense. I think that's to me. what happens. Th- though, that's what it? happened.
0: That's what happened. Yeah, her shoe oh, her shoe oh, okay. comes off.
1: Oh, okay, then never mind. That makes he, sense.
0: He, we also got to mention that that Bishop's upper half of Bukaki Bot has held on to a grate and, a sa- and has one arm on Newt.
2: Yes, because Newt gets sucked out by the airlock yeah.
0: too. So, but Jen, it's it's well established in science fiction that when the airlock opens, air all think everything gets sucked out. But everybody's able to panic while everything's getting sucked out. That is established science fiction movie culture.
1: Okay, what really bothers me about this is that she opens the airlock from where she is on the ladder, but she then decides to not close it from there but to climb up even higher (laughs) to then close the airline it makes no sense it doesn't make any sense. Like, I do understand that, you know, she was there and she wanted to open that one. So she opened because it's a double door. Right. right. But she doesn't need to close both doors to save her life. She only needs to close that one. It makes no yeah. sense that she would climb up to close it.
0: And then she leaves her her leg dangling off of it. And like every time I watch this movie, I'm like, she's going to cut yeah. her leg off. I yeah. thought
2: that, too. I was like, that thing is going to close on your leg. Yes. But it doesn't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah she, she she saves her leg at the end. It's the last person saved. <laughs>
2: And so now they're laying on the floor and they're all safe. And it's um, half of Bishop. And I just, she says, not bad for a human. No, he says that. He says, yes. not bad for a yeah, human. Yeah, he says, not
1: bad for a human. And yeah. I was
2: thinking, poor Bishop. oh, Because he was a good guy. Was- I mean, he can
1: be put back together. Bishop's going to be fine. And we yeah. do see. Lukaki they can be reassembled.
2: That's true. And so they put um, Bishop, top part of Bishop and Hicks into a stasis tube. But so she's putting Newt to bed now in this stasis pod yeah. thing. Are we going to have bad dreams, new mommy? Yeah, she does call her new mommy. Yeah. And yeah. when I was reading an article about whether this is feminist, that's something that they mentioned.
0: That's yeah. really weird. It, it is, is weird. It is
2: weird. Yeah. So now she's putting her to bed and everything's fine. And then we see them like Sleeping Beauty thing, just like the movie started.
1: But but instead of just Ripley, it's Ripley and, and nude. Nudes. yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And And that's that's the movie. movie. Yeah.
1: Roll credits. So, having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, give me some final thoughts. What do you guys think? Mm
0: Still one of the best science fiction hard action movies of all time.
2: I really liked it. I think there's a lot of really interesting things to talk about, which tends to bump a movie up to me. You know, I like when shit blows up, but I do still have some big problems with it.
1: This may be because we've watched two Eli Roth movies back to back, (laughs) but this movie was rad and I loved it. I watched it twice. (laughs) I watched it last night and again this morning. I think it was amazing. So I really yes, I'm glad that. you liked
0: it, Todd. I will watch any movie about a futuristic space army fighting aliens. hell, yeah, yeah. you know that's right,
1: <laughs> so let's do some box office, guys. So, what do you think the production budget for this movie was? I'll say thirty
2: I say twenty million
1: all right, Jen, you're closer. <laughs> it was seventeen million, although I will say if you adjust for inflation, that's right at forty million. It's just just barely under forty million if you adjust for inflation. So this movie, everyone knows this movie was a hit when it came out. It did very, very well. In fact, it was number one for an entire month wow. when it came out. Its opening weekend, that was July 18th, 1986, it made a total of $10 million in its opening weekend. It beat Karate Kid Part Two.
2: <gasps>
1: I know, right? Uh- Ruthless People. Back to school and top gun.
2: Hmm. Wow.
1: Yeah, I know. It did very, very well. Like the fact that it was number one for a whole month is awesome. Yeah. They so, just
0: don't make summer blockbusters like this anymore. Like I would love to go to the movies this summer and see a movie like this.
1: I'd love to go to the movies this summer and see anything. But um <laughs> that's not a possibility right now. What do you guys think this movie made domestically in its theatrical run?
2: Seventy million. 120 million.
1: Okay. It made eighty-five million dollars domestically, and it made Another $98 million internationally. Wow. So they put it up at $183 million. Worldwide. And if you adjust that for inflation, that's $431 million today. Nice. It is a huge success. Is that yeah. during
2: its theatrical run?
1: Yeah, just the theatrical okay. run. Okay. Yeah. Because I
2: imagine that it's probably been making money since then.
1: Oh, you mean like it? Yeah, it, it made a lot of money in DVD and Blu ray sales too. Like it, this, this movie made a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. So that's box office. Jen, you got some fun facts for us?
2: Yeah, I've got kind of a lot of fun facts about this. So it may not say all. This. Oh, I bet you. I'm going to link a lot of stuff because there's a lot that's been written about this movie and we just can't go into all of it um apparently it was a pretty troubled production um they filmed this in london and a lot of the crew it was like really loyal to ridley scott who made the original and they didn't like james cameron or his wife the producer gail ann heard i um, mean they ended up walking off at one point and um, apparently once I know and like she convinced them to come back but it was just kind of like nobody really liked each other and I also think like he was pretty unknown at the time because he was only like in his 30s so I think a lot of it was they just didn't take him seriously Mm -hmm. but when it was over he gave this speech to them and I have a quote from what he said he said this has been a long and difficult shoot fraught by many problems but the one thing that kept me going through it all was the certain knowledge that one day I would drive out of the gate of Pinewood which is the studio and never come back and that you sorry bass." Shirts would still be here.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pinewood Studios is a famous studio it is. In, in London. Yeah,
2: yeah. The studio did not want to do a sequel to um, Alien for a long time because they didn't think it was going to be... It would either cost too much or it wouldn't like make its budget back. But James Cameron wrote a script. So... Uh, I, I hate to say this, but I think our dollar sign myth is just that. I don't know if that's actually true because
1: well for this, yeah, right. for this
2: one. So um, he had written kind of a skeleton of an idea and was trying to kind of get them to make his movie. He was currently filming or he was currently working on Terminator and it was in pre-production, but there was a scheduling problem for Arnold Schwarzenegger who was work. I think it's Conan the Barbarian that he was working on. But um, so there was a delay in filming for Terminator, which gave him time to, finish the script. And they said, okay, if Terminator is successful, then you can write and direct Aliens. And of course Terminator was successful, so that's how he got to do this one. That's awesome. Really cool. Yes. So the Marine actors, they had um, them trained together for two weeks and they all had to read Starship Troopers 2. But Ripley and Paul Reiser couldn't do this for like scheduling reasons. And Lieutenant Gorman, could, the actor who played him, couldn't do it either. Which I think actually fit
0: Yeah, I do too. the
2: way it was shot. Because they were, they were yeah. kind of like they didn't have that bond with the rest of the So James Remar Do you guys know who he is? Nope. He plays Dexter's Dad. He's been in a bunch of other stuff And you'd probably recognize him if you saw him But he was originally cast as Hicks um, it wasn't going to be uh, Michael Bean. The story is he left over creative differences with Cameron, and that was the story for a long time. And then years later, he gave an interview that said he actually had gotten arrested for drug possession and that they weren't going to have time to stop the production to deal with his legal issues, so they ended up firing him. But he is still oh, in the wow, movie. Okay. Um, there was a scene, I think when they're they're like getting onto the ship or one point, you can see his back because the scene was too expensive for them to reshoot. So he's technically still in but they replaced him with Michael Bean because Michael Bean had just worked on Terminator, Terminator with mm-hmm. James Cameron, so he's kind of the yeah. go-to. And I think Michael Bean is great in this. I like James Remar Me a lot. Too. So Carrie Hinn is the actress who played Newt, who played Newt. This is her only screen credit, and she chose not to pursue acting, and she's now a teacher. So go, Carrie. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I know. Yeah. So this was nominated for seven Academy Awards.
1: Wow. I know. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome.
2: I know, especially given the kind of movie it is. That's what I mean. Like, you don't
1: really see, like, horror action movies getting that many nominations.
2: Right. Well, it was nominated for Best Score. It was nominated for a bunch of effects awards. And I think it won one or two effects awards, but I'm not for sure. Uh, But Sigourney Weaver was nominated for Best Actress for this. Really? Really? Which was was the first time a female had been nominated for an action role, which I thought was so cool. That's cool. That's amazing. Good for her. I mean, I'm sure she didn't
1: win because whatever. They always snub horror stuff. but.
2: All right. So the effects. So the hardest effect for them to do, like physically, was the loader. And there's actually, it works by, there's a man behind it, behind Ripley, Operating really? all of the arms and legs. Yeah, you just can't see it. Um, but if like I thought that was a real thing. And apparently, like they got contacts by a lot of companies wanting them to make them loaders for like their their workers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because it looks cool. And like I was reading this and I was like, Oh, it's not that's not a thing people use. I just thought it was like a it is a
1: thing a, now, though. Like people have invented it? that since. Yeah, they have they're called exoskeletons, they don't look like that, they're actually much more streamlined now than that was, yeah. but still, it it like that's a real thing now.
2: Is it? Well, it's so yeah. cool. And I think it just kind of speaks to the effect that I just didn't question that it wasn't something that everybody has. You know, it's like yeah. a dolly, you know? All right. So the alien suits in this one are more flexible and they were able to move a little better. And I do think the aliens are more effective in this one than Me in the too. first yeah, one.
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and, But although I think they shot it smartly, because in the first one, like you, there's only a couple of times where I'm like, oh, that's a guy in a suit you know whereas here they cast dancers, gymnasts and stuntmen so that they were able to move like really flexibly and i think yeah. it, it just looks really effective and we already said the face huggers were moved with uh, wires um all right so the the most difficult to shoot were the scenes with the queen and it would take apparently 12 to 14 different operators at one time. And it was like this big system of wires. And so the article I was reading said that, that James Cameron was able to shoot this without showing all of those wires is like a testament to how well he can direct action sequences. Because, it, I mean, I buy into the whole thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay so sigourney weaver did not actually want to do this movie she was afraid that it would be poorly written and would tarnish the memory of the original but she liked james cameron's script and she liked the mother angle and that's like i didn't love it now but that's kind of what i'm saying like in the 80s i think i would have viewed it differently and i think i would have felt a lot more empowered by it but so that was what sold her on it um but they were having a contract dispute and the agents were trying to get Cameron to write another script without her, but he refused to. And he said, no, this story is about Ripley, because of that, she was able to get a $1 million pay for this, plus percentage of profit. So she made a ton of money. Yeah, I think it was like three times what she'd made on the Yeah, good for her, man. I know, man. Because she's really made a lot
1: of money. That million dollars is great. It's a great payout, especially in 86. But getting points on the back end and getting some of that revenue, that's amazing. Exactly.
2: Yeah, as you were talking about box office, I was thinking that. I was like, yeah, good for you, Sigourney. Also, like, I don't know how much she, like, if she's continuing to make money from Alien, but I mean, She is firmly established as a horror icon for good reason. Oh, yeah. So the alien nest. So this was filmed in a defunct London power station Ah. called Acton Lane. And so I think it's kind of the basement. They put all the like the black resin stuff up on the ceilings to make the hive. And then when they were done filming, they just didn't clean any of it up because it was <laughs> because oh it wasn't like it was a factory that wasn't in use anymore until 1989 when Tim Burton's Batman started filming there. This is the setting for the Axis Chemical Building. Yeah. And so, uh. Yeah, so they walked in, and they saw all this alien hive shit that hadn't been touched in, like, three years. like, holy fuck. How creepy would that be, though? And how well, awesome. And like, if I knew that was going to happen, I would go hide in there, and I would just, like, reach my <laughs> arm out, you know? <laughs>
1: well, because it would be, like, alien hive shit plus, like, cobwebs and stuff. Right. It'd it had been does? three years, yeah. Uh.
2: Right. Speaking of Bill Paxton and Lance, Hendrickson. so they are the only two actors to have achieved the death trifecta which means both of them have been killed by a xenomorph a terminator and a predator what uh, I know. that's lo-
1: amazing it
2: is isn't that a cool little distinction to have that
1: is the horror version of an egot it uh, really
2: is i yeah. know it's so cool <laughs> And those are my fun facts. Well, thank you for your fun fun facts, Jen. You're welcome. So let's
1: do that scary scale, Jen.
2: All right. Hey, listeners. Our scary scale is a scale we use to rank how scary we thought the movie was. Um, it's not a ranking of the quality of the movie. It's how scared we were when we watched it today. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Todd.
1: I'm going to give it a three. All right. There were some very creepy moments. There weren't a lot of jump scares, though, so it wasn't super, super scary. Mm-hmm. But the facehugger scene when it's trying to get Ripley and Newt, that was super scary. And there yeah. were a bunch of other like scary moments, intense moments. So I'm going to give it a three.
2: All right. Mikey?
0: I'm also going to give it a three.
2: Wow, that surprises
1: me, Mike. I know it
0: it surprises you, but I I, that (laughs) face hugger scene like still scares me to this day. And I've seen that scene like a dozen times, but each time I'm scared of it.
1: Just a yes, Uh, like you can't even see it, but it's yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Jen, what do you give it this on the scary scale?
2: I'm gonna give it a two. Wow.
1: wow, Okay. Yeah, I know,
2: which is weird that I'm ranking it lower than Mike. Can I ask a
1: question? Yeah. If this took place not in space,
2: (laughs) would that change it for you? I don't know. I mean,
0: (laughs) that's my favorite pod joke, by the way.
2: Uh, I know. The fact oh, that she I hates love space it. movies. <laughs> Although, <laughs> like, I know you're joking, but, like, if it weren't science fiction and I was a little more bought in, I think I probably would have been more scared, you know? Sure. And that's the scary scale. All
1: right. So this week, you guys made me watch Aliens. And honestly, thank you very much for that. <laughs> what are you guys making me watch uh, next week?
2: Next week, Todd. Oh, I'm so excited because we are watching Resident Evil next week. And oh,
1: God. Todd, I will say, I
0: think you're going to like it because this is one I of you my guilty pleasure franchises this very quickly veers into mikey movie territory
2: it, yeah there's some mikey movie elements but there's also some gin elements yeah. too so I, I think it'll be fun um i'm also interested as a twitch person i'm interested in hearing your thoughts on it too, yeah i play
1: i was a twitch streamer for like years and i did play this once and it scared the shit out of me
2: i think they're known as twitch people I oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Sorry.
1: Excuse me. Excuse me, right, Jen. Sorry. I'm an expert got, on it, so... I just <laughs> got twitch explained.
2: <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to do it, but I just didn't see another option, so... That's
1: so <laughs> yeah. funny. So, so, guys, watch Resident Evil for watch- next week. Yeah. That'll be your homework. Oh, yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I actually do. All right. Well, while you're bringing it up on your phone, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast, and that is simply to go to your Apple Podcast app and leave us a five-star text review and, you know... Write something out that Mikey can read for us and have a little fun with. So yeah. Mikey, you, you got a review for us? Yeah. Uh Cha Cheese. Cha Cheese. Twenty one.
2: Cha cheese.
0: Oh,
1: I like says it Says
0: They make a uh, a five star review uh, called New Favorite Podcast exclamation point exclamation oh, point. Really? Uh, well thank you. I, I never leave reviews, but I couldn't resist. I cannot Aww, get enough awesome. of this show. I started with just one show and had to then start from the very beginning. I laughed the whole Aww. time all while listening to my favorite horror movie reviews.
1: Well, thank you so much for that amazing, amazing review. And guys, if you want to have your review run on the podcast, leave us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. Yeah. Thank you so much. We are a member of the Consequence Podcast Networks. So if you would check out all of their awesome shows like Halloweenies, this must be the gig, Losers Club. And you can check out our shit at HorrorVirgin.com. And if you want to follow us on social, we are at HorrorVirgin everywhere. If you want to follow us all individually, Jen is at JenFeratu. Mikey is at Randolph 24 And I am at ToddJAwesome. And if you can help financially support the show, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin, where you'll have access to a bunch of great levels and a bunch of great things like bonus episodes we have hours and hours of bonus episodes. You can binge right now. We've got great exclusive video content. All the episodes have director's cuts of them. So they're a little bit longer and they're available ad free right now. So it's a lot of great, a lot of great perks. Guys, go check that out. If you can't afford to financially support the show, but still would like to Get some daily free horror virgin content. Go to horror virgins Facebook group and join that awesome, almost a thousand member community right now. It's pretty amazing. I know,
2: man. Well, that's gonna be it for us, guys. I think the uh, th- the podcast is gonna explode in like seventeen minutes, so we gotta get out of here.
0: <laughs> no, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta go to nuke it from but It's the only way to be sure to be done with the show. Oh,
2: sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's the only way to be safe, really. It is. So. It really All right. is. <laughs> All right. So, thank you so much for joining us for aliens, guys. I'm Jim. I'm
0: Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, guys.
2: <laughs>
0: Have an amazing weekend. Stay safe. And wear your mask.
2: Yes, wear your mask. Bye. Newton nerds. Xenomorph nerds. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network.